0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 meki,
0: meki, meki, pishi, pishi! Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Kreutz alongside, as always, the King of Banter himself, Mister Joe Landa. Joe, how's it going?
1: I still think Jack Gallagher stinks. I got to be honest with you. I I crowd <laughs> I crowdsource this week. Okay. On Twitter, how'd that go? Um, because every time I bang on Jack Gallagher, I just get destroyed.
0: And rightfully so. Yeah, you're, you're wrong, but that's okay.
1: By people on Twitter, um, you this, should get destroyed. This, you're wrong. This guy so. is a prelim comedy act, but. Um, so I said, look, all right, well, then, you know, here's the thing. I've seen a few Jack Gallagher matches, you know. Before- Gallagher. Gallagher. Right, Gallagher. So I've seen a few <laughs> Jack Gallagher matches before he came. He's not
0: smashing watermelons, Joe. He's, he's up there grappling. Uh, so. Listen. Big difference.
1: Okay, yeah, Jack Gallagher. So <laughs> I've seen a few of his matches before he came to WWE, and, you know, maybe two or three or whatever. And I've seen every match that he's had in WWE. And um, so – no, for these people destroying me, telling me how wrong I am, I said, "Well, you know what? You know, point me. Look, I'm an open-minded guy. I haven't seen a ton of this man. Um, my opinion is not is, is not set in stone. This is not someone like that I've been watching for 20 years. Where, look, I think what I think, and it's probably not going to change. So, it, it, if this guy's an alleged super worker." Send me the matches, and I will watch them. I will seek them out. I will find them. I will watch them, and we'll we'll, we'll you know see if it can change my mind. So, um, a bunch of people, uh, many of whom i whose opinions I trust very much, sent me a bunch of Jack Gallagher matches, and I watched them all. Rich and I even branched out and um, watched a few that they didn't send me that I came across, and I got to tell you, I wasn't swayed at all. Um, it, look. The bottom line is this: this guy is just not my cup of tea. Um, you know, it's like a lot of the matches people sent me were a, a, a lot of the same stuff you're seeing in WWE, just extrapolated out to 18 minutes. Um, it's very World of Sporty. Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: I and that's not your, you, you. You've never been a fan of that ever.
1: I listen, World of Sport. I've never liked it. I call it Grapple Dance Fancy Graps. I am not a fan of the Grapple Dance Fancy Graps. It's it's cutesy, it's tongue in cheek, it looks very cooperative. It's the same reason I can't get into like lucha maestro matches. It's just like this cooperative grappling where they're handing each other limbs. It's along the same lines to me. I have a hard time getting into that style. It's just it's like I said. It's it's it it, it it's wrestle dance fancy graps. I've never liked the world of sport, and that's what this man is a derivative of. So. What it comes down to with Jack Gallagher is he just doesn't work a style that I like at all. He's never – this is what I realized with him. He's never going to appeal to me. That doesn't mean he, he's never going to have a match that I like, although I still haven't seen one, to be completely honest with you. Um, but what it does mean is I'm never going to buy into this guy. And it's like you – know, you can tell me he trained in the snake pit and all this stuff too and all that. But here's the thing. He looks like I can – like, and this stuff never matters to me, which is why it's bugging me because – and you know where I'm going with this. I do, I do. This stuff never matters to me, and it's bothering me that it matters in this case. I feel like I can kick his ass, and that bothers me a lot, Um, and I have no idea if I can. I'm sure he could twist me in a pretzel. I have no idea. Uh, but but uh, it bothers me. He doesn't come off as tough in any way, shape, or form. And Rich, that stuff never. I, I that stuff really doesn't bother me. But for him, some reason it does. I I he's. You,
0: it must be the mustache.
1: I don't know if it's about, here. Here's the thing with him. I see people use this a lot, and I hardly ever agree with it. But with him. This is the best way I could put it. He's a make-believe. It's like he's playing pro wrestler. You know when people say that? Mm -hmm. That's how he comes off to me. He comes off like he's playing pro wrestler. He's doing this cutesy little headstand in the corner, kicking his feet out. You know what this guy is? He's a Chikara wrestler. This guy belongs in Chikara. He's tying people up in balls. I mean that spot is so bad. And he did it to Gulak to no response from the crowd. I mean no one cared. The only person who made a sound when he did that to Drew Gulak on 205 this week was one guy in the crowd who, because no one else was making any noise, one guy yelled, you suck! And that's the only <laughs> thing you heard during that spot. I mean, this guy, i, I look, I, I get that he's different, and I appreciate that. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a spot. I'm not saying that I don't understand his appeal, but I gave it an honest go. I watched a bunch of matches, um, and, and one of them, was against Johnny Kidd And that was a mistake because that was like, a-
0: Oh, that's right down. Yeah. That's a wormhole that you did not want to go down. That uh, was a
1: 55 year old world of sport guy. Against Jack <laughs> yeah. I, I almost couldn't finish it. It was so bad. I mean, I just can't get into that style. It's like, it's, it's you know, they're just, uh- it's, it's
0: an acquired taste. That one, I've, I've never quite done it either. Um, I I've watched a few matches and they're fine, but like, if i watch too many of them all at once i kind of lose like if you show me one randomly like out of nowhere if i just watch wh- whoever i mean name a, a a classic one i i've seen a few of them I, you know it's fine but then like i never want to watch it. i don't want to watch it again for like 8 months like i'm kind of i get i kind of get my fill after like one of those sort of style matches and i like uh, like Cabana is a guy who came back um, a few years ago, and started kind of integrating a little bit more of that into his style, and and I don't mind when he does that because he sort of uses it to uh, accompany a little bit of his comedy wrestling and all that sort of stuff, and he he does it with other things. It's not like the entire match is just that world of sport, unless you're you know talking Matt Classic style, and oh, I I unmasked another wrestler, I, I apologize, but uh, you know then you got that sort of stuff, which which is fine, but you know you know I don't mind that, but yeah, I have tr- I have a lot of trouble like sitting down and watching too many of those matches, so. Well, what see. I did find, oh, I was going to say, what I did find hilarious though, um, is because you also had the same response for Noam Dar, and uh, everybody kind of was like, eh, "Yeah, he kind of sucks." So that was.
1: Yeah, no fun. one's, no one has argued <laughs> with me at all. For Noam Dar. Like people were like, well, I mean,
0: uh, yeah, he kind of sucks. Like, people were like trying to, like, we'd get like three replies from somebody and they'd be like, well, I mean, when he was in like, pro- he like did the, 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 the but the end result was like, yeah, but he, he kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> the, the,
1: the strongest defense we've, we've had of Dar is that he was very much over in, uh, in certain promotions. But then people said, but you know what? There's really not much meat on that bone. You know what I right. mean? It's yeah. just, um, too much too soon with this dude. And, um, like I somebody,
0: You retweeted that yesterday with him looking at Alicia Fox, like trying to hit on her, and just that visual of Noam Dar, like the biggest geek in the world, trying to hit on Alicia Fox. And Alicia Fox is like four inches taller than him. Looks like she can't, like she looks like an adult. He looks like a child. I think I forgot what the tweet said, and I don't remember who put it up, but someone said it, it looks like a freshman trying to hit on a senior, which I thought was just the perfect analogy for that Noam Dar, Alicia Fox segment thing, that, that whatever the hell that was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I do think the heel turn's the best thing for him because I think he was coming off dry as a bone as a baby face. so at least it'll give him some life. But um, sure, look, I tried with Jack Gallagher, I gave it an honest go, and now I'm almost positive that this is just going to be a guy that's not for me. I'm still open to suggestions if people want to send me matches, but I am if someone has a match where this guy is not, you know, being a fancy man. And he's actually getting in there and fighting somebody, and and does something a little bit different. But look, if th- if that's what he does well, then that's what he should do. I mean, he's you know, I, I you know, I, it, it you know, I, it would be like asking me to send me Katsuyori Shibata Rex. Where he's doing comedy, I you know right exactly right. right. Th- I mean that's not what he does. So if that's what this guy does, maybe you know he's I, I, yeah it's just not for just you. Not for Joel mean,
0: you could just you could just admit yeah he's not for you. I enjoy it. I enjoy the comedy. Uh, is it a main event thing? Is it something that I want to see every single week? No. Is it fine for kind of entry level? So if he was on the undercard of a WWE show, I wouldn't really mind. If he's on the undercard of a two hundred five, I wouldn't really mind either. You know, that, but him being one of the featured acts of 205, that uh, that could be an issue, especially with so much. Bingo. That's
1: my but, point. But, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, see, yeah. I think it's a prelim act. I, it is. It absolutely that, is. Yeah. He, oh. he, if, if, and, but the problem is that they're dead set on pushing this guy. And I think if, if there, there's definitely a ceiling there, unless he changes some things, you, you, people are not going to take him seriously as a top guy. And look, I'm not saying that he's got the potential to be Stone Cold Steve Austin either way. But you, you see what I'm saying here. There's. A, I already
0: posted it on Reddit. I already posted it. <laughs> Joe Lanza, Voice of Wrestling says, Jack Gallagher next Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I
1: would have zero problem but... with this guy if he was in it. I, you know what I think? He could have a nice, long WWE career and sit in the Santino, uh, Santino Morello role. Sure. That's what yeah. I think he is. And I know people are going to get mad at that. But, but honestly, I th- the way he's been presented to this point That's what I think his, 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 um, his realistic ceiling is. I, I, you know, I, it's, I, I don't know, but,
0: uh, I gotcha. So it's that's, that's entirely too long to talk about Jack Gallagher to start off our show, so plenty of other stuff to get to as well. Uh, as mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned this on Twitter a little bit, and, and this is going to be a very New Japan-heavy show. Uh, we, of course, have the Finals of the World Tag League. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have the Wrestle Kingdom card that came out, some rumors and some innuendo about uh, the American tour that New Japan could be hosting, and Joe, I know you've always uh, been on the up-and-up about that story, so uh, you'll have some stuff to add to that as well. Uh, we'll talk about some NXT stuff. Uh, Joe Nakamura had the Osaka match and the cage match that we have not talked about so i did want to kind of touch on those a little bit you have the tokyo sports award which uh, sports awards which i wanted to talk about a little bit uh wwe uk champion and that whole announcement and then uh, of course roadblock end of the line joe How pumped are you for Roadblock End of the Line?
1: I'm real excited about Roadblock End of the Line. I can't wait for Roadblock End of the Line. I'm going to be reviewing Roadblock End of the Line for Fighting Spirit Magazine. We're going to be talking about Roadblock End of the Line when we review it here on this show next week.
0: Should we do it at the end of the show? Should we do Roadblock End of the Line at the end of the show? I think
1: when we preview Roadblock End of the Line, it would only make sense to do Roadblock End of the Line at the end of the show since it is Roadblock End of the Line.
0: Uh, you haven't anybody come over for Roadblock End of the Line? Because I, I am. I'm having one of my friends, my friend Dan, said, Hey, are you watching the Roadblock End of the Line? And I said, I am watching Roadblock End of the Line. And he said, Well, can I come over and watch Roadblock End of the Line? I said, Sure, you can.
1: Roadblock End <laughs> of the Line seems to have some buzz. There's a lot of buzz for it Roadblock End of the it Line. Does. It really? Does. People coming over? I mean, I don't have any friends, so no one's banging down my door. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know.
0: People love Roadblock. I mean, I'm I, No, no, no. By the Ro- idea. no, 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 Rich. Oh, Rob- well, no. People love the first uh, Roadblock End of the Line. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I didn't want to confuse anybody there, because um, I, I just do love the idea that there was, because my friend texted me and said, because he's kind of an idiot, he, he texted me and said, wasn't there already a roadblock this year? And I said, yes. And he goes, are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm positive there was already a roadblock. And he's like, how was there already another roadblock? There can't be two roadblocks. And I was like, well, there are two roadblocks. This one is roadblock under the line. And it's just fascinating that WWE was said, okay, we need a, we need a pay-per-view name. What do we come up with? I guess we have to reuse roadblock. Like they couldn't possibly fathom any other names whatsoever. Let's and what is this the end of the line for? What what is it? What what is roadblocked? And what is the end of the line about roadblock? I the guess
1: line? it's the end of the line for Charlotte and Sasha. I don't know.
0: Because <laughs> I got the the other one. I got like the March one. I got it was kind of a weird name, and we all kind of laughed. But it made sense. It's the last road to WrestleMania. It's it. That's you know. Yeah, that's this, that's, and then WrestleMania. That, that's, when, made sense. that's when
1: Dean should have beaten Brock and became a megastar. I'm still standing. Was that it?
0: Oh, that was Roadblock. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's never been the same since
1: then. Yeah. If they would have shown some guts, he should have won that match. But uh But, but you know what? What's he's about- he's still outdrawing Roman on the road though. So <laughs> I, <laughs> amazingly.
0: <laughs> All right. Roadblock under the line. We'll talk about uh, that look, look, uh, at Rich, the end.
1: Rich, I'm not trying to start trouble. I just speak in fact. But you are.
0: But you can't. I just don't want to say his name. I, I think we have to just Chikara Roman Reigns
1: from here on out. But it's a fa- I just. It's just a. No, I know. I know. But people just can't handle it. People can't people handle-, not handle. They can't it. handle facts, Rich. <laughs> I'm, on a, I'm in an argument on Twitter as we speak with a guy who claims Okada hasn't been a draw this year. So I direct him to the show with just numbers, not my opinion, not your opinion. The, sh- the big show we did where we looked at his numbers and Naito's numbers—you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a few weeks ago. F-
0: Maybe about a month or so facts, ago. Facts, yeah.
1: Rich. Nothing but facts. It, you know, here faced facts. Here it is. I'm laying it out for you. Guy comes back on Twitter and says, "I don't see anything in that." Uh, the- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, what can you do? People.
0: Don't- well, Joe, it is 2016. This is the year where facts matter the least amount of any year in history. I think it's like this year it's like you don't need to have facts you don't need to be right if you whatever you say you just say it and it it, whatever you you have no nobody can argue you with facts nobody can argue you down nobody can say that you're wrong like it's just facts are irrelevant in 2016 that is the 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 calling card of this year when we put a bow on 2016 here in a few weeks that will be it that facts just do not matter anymore
1: you still have people saying that, that 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 Roman isn't booked properly when he's had three losses since he came back from the wellness violation thing where, remember, they were going to punish him. And like and two of those losses weren't even clean. You know what I mean? They had like, guys come running in and shit, like Rusev costing the matches. The guy never loses on TV. Again, facts. He's got three losses. These are facts. People don't listen to facts anymore, Rich. You're right. I don't understand it. <laughs>
0: i 16, baby. So there you go. So yeah, I'm. I'm officially decreeing that we never talk about Roman Reigns on the show ever again. Like even if he's in a match, we just ignore it. So um, I'm gonna Chris Benoit, Roman Reigns rerun up because it's just it causes so many. Oh, there's voices of wrestling talking about Roman again. They love Okada. You know, it's the same stuff. We hear it all the time, and it's just it's it's annoying. But anyway, we'll talk about Roblox on the line um, at the end of the line of the show. But anyway, let's uh, let's start some. uh uh, New Japan stuff. This is a New Japan heavy show. We haven't really had a New Japan heavy show for a while because the World Tag League was going on, and that's the most uninteresting uh, <laughs> tournament of the year. Uh, New Japan, probably the most uninteresting time of New Japan for the year, so there really wasn't much to to talk about. I was watching World Tag League. It, it was fine. Like It was every other World Tag League. It's, it, it's okay, but I think a lot of people just use it as kind of a a period to kind of distance themselves from New Japan, catch up on other stuff, watch other companies, watch stuff from the rest of the year, come up with their match of the year. It's it's a good little break for that because you really don't miss anything by missing you know World Tag League nights. But there were some good stuff there. Uh, some teams looked. Pretty solid. I mean, War Machine looked great, and and in every review that I did, I was like, oh man, War Machine just needs to be in New Japan. They 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 fit perfectly. The fans love them. Whenever Hanson does that suicide dive, the fans just go absolutely nuts. Like they're perfect guys for New Japan. Just big, beefy dudes. They scream, they snort, they spit, they beat you up. Like that's perfect. There. Um, you know, Billy Gunn and Yoshitatsu was uh, was a thing. Uh, Billy Gunn was was okay at the beginning and then kind of tailed off. Towards the end, and decided I don't really want to be here anymore, and I kind of hate this. Uh, so that was fun, but yeah, it was it was an interesting little tournament. Um, of course, the, the kind of the big news coming out of it, and we'll talk about. Uh, we we'll talk about the finals here is that the winners was Great Bash Shield, Tomi Ake and Togi Makabe. Did we have any idea? Did you have any idea that Great Bash Shield would emerge from the World Tag League finals for the second consecutive year?
1: No, I think the whole world thought Goto and and, and Ishii would win, but I I also think that and I this is going to be a major theme of what we we talk about today. I, I do think that the Noah sale absolutely, and the bad blood now between New Japan and Noah um, with New Japan being miffed that it all went down behind their backs. I think that that drastically changed the booking at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think that there was a domino effect right down the card with a lot of different matches. I, I firmly believe that Goto and Ishii were originally set to win the World Tag League. And um, I think because... Goshi Ozaki is no longer available on this card, that they needed an opponent for Shibata and called the audible to put right. Great Bash heel in the tag spot to free up Godo to face Shibata. Um I, I I really firmly believe that's the case. And then Ishii could easily be slid into that gauntlet match with no issue. You could put anybody in that. Um I, I, I you know, I, I it seems clear to me because the way that the Shibata Shiozaki match ended in Noah was very clear that they were not, that that was not the end of things.
0: Yeah, there's no way that's the end of it. And I wrote that, I, I did a little bit of a card reaction uh, on com. And I, I said that, like, if people that haven't seen that segment, if you haven't seen that match or whatever, Shibata beats him and then kind of shoes him away. And Shiozaki's just like seething, like, he's so pissed. And Shibata gets on the ropes and kind of like, l- like, literally shoes him away, like, get out of my ring, get out of here. You don't have that happen in a Noah Ring if there's no follow-up. If it's just, all right, well, Shibata won and then he shoot away at one of our top guys. All right, that's the end of that. Like, there's no way in in any universe that was the end of that feud. That was no th- chance
1: in hell. There was no finality to that. It was not a no. it didn't feel like a blow-off at all. It felt like they were setting up another match. And even the Noah New Japan feud overall, which now seems obviously to be dead in its tracks. There was oh, there'd no... be a Noah
0: New Japan match here. I mean, absolutely, on, on Russell King when we talk about that, be, card. there have, would be that. I think yeah. Yuji
1: Nagata would have faced Kat, would have faced Nakajima on that show as well. I, I really yeah. believe that. Um, but it's like I, there was no finality to anything. The Nagata Nakajima stuff, the uh, the heated eight man tag. There was no so very obvious to me. Um, just you know, having a feel for the way things are booked in that company, that the plug was pulled on all of that and changes were made um so yeah now now we have what we have and and it's like i i don't think the changes resulted uh look i think goto shibata is gonna be an awesome match they've had awesome matches in the past i mean um i what i attempted to do was look at our old reviews and, and and get the star ratings for all the matches they've had they haven't faced each other since the 2015 um New Japan cup. And then obviously they had a feud in 2013. If you remember, do you remember the two, the two matches with the double KO finishes? Yes. Yeah. And then the one match in between that Shibata won, but the other two matches both had those awesome double, double knockout finishes. And then, um, you know, they told the story of them feuding and then eventually they came together, formed a team, won the world tag league, won the tag titles, and then quickly lost them back to guns and gallows, which was a big mistake. Um, but they haven't faced each other in a while, and, and you know I, I think that they're going to have an excellent match. I mean, it's a shame that the Noah thing didn't work out. And look, Great Bash Hills is a team. I mean, that's a nice backup plan surrogate to have when your plans fall apart because you could slide them into that tag title match with no issue. They're a credible team. Uh, they have a history with Guerrillas of Destiny. So I got to tell you. This card shuffling that may or may not have taken place that I strongly suspect it did, I don't think it really did a lot of damage booking-wise because the matches that they did make uh, d- make sense, especially the tag match. You know, they had, to, they had to sort of rush an angle to get you to Shibata Goto, but at least there's history between the two guys.
0: This is an interesting. I, I'm going back and reading your old review. Wrestling do Taku 2013. You are not going to believe this, and I'm not positive that you wrote it, but it says that you wrote it.
1: Well, I, I could tell you. here's what i remember about these
0: okay this is i can only find the wrestling don't talk one i'll find the other ones if you want but this one i was this one's enough this one's good the
1: first double knockout match i remember not liking
0: this that's an understatement
1: the second double knockout match
0: to find out what that one was
1: that was at i could tell you what it was it was at uh dominion
0: okay dominion i can
1: find. or or maybe dominion was the shibata win i can't i can't remember uh, but they faced each other at Dominion – fr- okay, the first match was a double KO, and I didn't like it. The second match was at Dominion, and I believe that was a Shibata win, and I loved it. I think, as a matter of fact, I gave it four and a quarter. The third match was another double KO, and I don't I don't remember – I remember liking it, but I don't remember the rating I gave it. Now you can tell me if my memory is good. Okay,
0: so, so uh, right on the money. Your memory is actually shockingly good for somebody your age. Um it's uh, <laughs> the Dominion says. That oh, this is a, a
1: hard shot, my man. <laughs> this
0: uh, this was the rematch from the double KO finish a match that I did not like. This time I loved it. This was brutal, just brutal, stiff as fuck and intense. And that uh, you you have a gif in here of that headbutt. Oh my god, I remember that headbutt now. Like Shibata just straight up just and, like, people talk about those Shibata headbutts. This one is, is – is go back and look, look up Dominion 2013 Voices of Wrestling and, and look at this GIF. It is sickening how hard that headbutt is. God damn. All right. But here is your Wrestling Dontaku review.
1: This is the first double KO, the match I right. didn't like.
0: It's not necessarily about the match that, that I found was very interesting. Here, here's here's – okay. I'll read this here real quick. I hated this. Hate is a strong word. I just don't get Shibata or understand what all the fuss is about with this guy. Part of it is his style, which admittedly is not my cup of tea, but I just never enjoy his stuff. He's going to keep being pushed, probably even harder than he already is, so I guess I have to get used to seeing him. Goto was the classic work to the level of his opponent guy. Since I don't like Shibata, well, you can see where this is going. Match didn't work for me at all. Work was fine. I was just bored. They did a double KO finish. I like stuff like that when done sparingly, so the finish helped the match, at least for me, two and a quarter.
1: Yeah, and if you remember when Shibata and Sakurabu came back as Laughter 7, I was not on board with that. You were not. No. And uh, so, no, this that write up doesn't surprise me at all, because Shibata did have to grow on me. Um, I, I was down on Shibata. I was down on Sakuraba. I never came around on him. He had a he, Sakuraba had some good matches in the run. He had the. Uh, he had the Minoru Suzuki match. He had the Nakamura match. He had um, the Shibata match, you know, with the rope biting. The big memorable spot there. Yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. He had
1: some good singles matches, but overall Sakuraba I thought was was not good in New Japan. It took Shibata a while to grow on me. And uh yeah, so and and really if you look, it was this feud where he started to grow on me. Because I love the Dominion match, which I believe I gave four and a quarter. That's the, you did, that's the one that's the one Shibata yeah. won. And then I I don't remember what i gave the the second double knockout match but i know i liked it and i and i uh, and and i did like the double knockout finishes in both matches as well um even if i didn't like the first match but yeah i i don't know how i'm retaining it. this was 2013 correct
0: it is yeah way way long ago longer than than i'm ready to admit i mean that's it's crazy it seems uh you know and that's the thing that people brought up um And it's kind of a mini preview of the Wrestle Kingdom card, and we're going to do that here in a sec. But uh, people are bringing up, oh, we've seen that so many times. I mean, this was a long time ago what those guys were facing. I don't count the New Japan Cup. I don't like – because that's a tournament. You know, that kind of happens. I don't count that as like uh, what I would really consider like, oh, the last time we've seen them or whatever. That stuff kind of happens in a tournament. I, That'll happen as uh, you one or whatever. i got to be completely
1: but... honest. I don't even remember that 2015 New Japan Cup match. I, I don't know, either. I don't yeah, remember.
0: I have no idea. What was it? Night 3. Let's, let's see who, uh, I, I who mean, viewed that. I do. mean,
1: think, think about this just to expand on the point you just made. I have like a photographic memory of the things I wrote about the other three matches in 2013. But the 2015 New Japan Cup match, I don't even remember that match existing. So that just goes to show you, and New Japan Cup too. We we say this. Well, I say this every year. I for whatever reason I tune out during New Japan Cup. I just it doesn't New Japan Cup doesn't do much for me. I I, I don't I don't know why. I can't explain that. I'm just not into that tournament.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't find the. Uh, I, I I know we reviewed it, but I just can't uh, find it right now. But anyway, yeah. So that's a interesting little note there. But yeah, it's been a while since we've really seen that match. So. You know, to me, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm fine with those two feuding, but I, I think the the theme of, at least what we're going to talk about here in a little bit, and and kind of wrapping up the world tag league or, or you know the, the world tag league final rather, is that I I don't think anybody in the world thought Great Bash Shield was going to win it because there was no reason for them to win it. I mean, Great Bash Shield. When you think about this, like they haven't had repeat. World Tag League champions since like Enoki and Bob Backlund. You know what I mean? Like, it's that long ago that they've done that. That's like early 80s, is the last time they even thought of, of having back to back champions. The idea that they would save it for like, you know, Great Bass Shield or whatever, I don't believe that at all. And there's no reason for Great Bass Shield to do it because I was telling you, I, I'm writing up, I'm doing the write up for the New Japan ebook that we have coming out, and I'm writing about Great Bass Shield and I'm writing about the tag titles. And this is before World Tag League. And I just basically have that, hey, you know, these guys were on top of the world at the beginning of the year. They, you know, defended the titles at, at Wrestle Kingdom and then they were nothing. They were gone and they were, and, and that's what i did i I ended my piece and i went yeah they basically just fell off the face of the earth whatever and they're done with with no and in sight that they're not going to come up they're not going to re-emerge or anything and then boom here they go and they win the world tag league like there's no way that that was anybody who follows the booking anybody who follows kind of the progression of the company there's no way that you could have come into this tournament and said yeah you know what great bash Shield, that's who's going to win of course great bash Shield is going to go to wrestle kingdom and face you you know the gorillas of destiny like you would have never ever guessed that, but that was the safe pick that they kind of went with. It's a pick that we saw in the, earlier in the year those two teams feuding. Obviously the matches weren't very good because Girls of Destiny weren't very good, but, but they're getting better here and I think this finals match um, was yet another you know, piece of evidence for how these guys have, super, have really improved because this match was fucking awesome. I don't know what you thought of it.
1: Oh god, I thought it was one of the best tag team matches of the year. In all of wrestling, I, yeah,
0: and you're you're not. I, I thought you were being. I thought there was a lot of hyperbole coming from people when I first read that because I watched it a few days later, and I'm like, okay, no. I mean, people are. I don't know what the hell you got. Then I watch it. Oh, okay. Never mind. You guys are right. This is pretty awesome. Like it's it's it, it was it was more vicious and more brutal than most New Japan tag matches are as well, which is really interesting. And and, and uh, Tomatonga did. I I think I know why you like this match too because he was so good at the slithering. I know you love when Tomatonga slithers. He was slither. He wouldn't take a clothesline in this entire match because he was just all over the place, slithering around the ring, doing the doing the classic Tomatonga stuff that we all know and love from him. He was awesome in this match. He was incredible. Listen,
1: he this tag team was very shaky in the beginning of the year, and it just goes to show sometimes in wrestling it takes time. Mm -hmm. They've been together for what ten months or something like that. They were god awful, no pun intended, when they first rolled this team out. Fans didn't like them. They were getting no reactions. Not only have the matches been better, but the fans have been reacting now. This crowd was molten hot for this match, and I really don't know how they couldn't have been because, like you said, it was a violent match. It was a vicious match, but Rich, the pacing in this match, this was nonstop go, 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 and at a hard pace and with some incredible spots from start to finish, and two of these men are like 43 years old. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, OK, one's jacked to the gills on steroids, uh, you know, but but the other's a junk food aficionado who isn't in the best <laughs> shape. Uh, you know, uh, it's my kind of guy, my kind of guy. I love him. But it. <laughs> a lot of credit to mock. Ma- first of all, this was the first vintage Hanma performance in a very long time. Tomoaki yes. Hanma. That guy was
0: dead to rights. That guy was dead to rights through like eight months of this year where he was just nothing. And we were saying, you know, we were screaming to the high heavens. Okay. This is what you got. I mean, you, everybody wanted him to get his wins and everybody wanted Tomi Akahama to be a guy that's more featured. Well, here you go. Here's just, now he's just a guy. I mean, we, we, I, I remember a few months ago said Hanma has officially just entered just a guy territory.
1: And he, and he, and he really slept walk through a lot of his performances this year. I mean, he wasn't yeah. a bad wrestler or anything, but. You know, that, that, that guy that we know, he just wasn't there. This was a vintage 2014. When, remember he had talk of maybe being one of the best wrestlers in the world in 2014? You know, this was vintage Hanma. He was so good in this match. Selling, drawing sympathy. Makabe, everyone in this match was good. Makabe was great in this match. Tama Tonga, like you said, was great in this match. And Tonga Loa, let me tell you something. This guy has gone from horrendous to passable. He's now an average pro wrestler. And you know what? You'll take that because when you're a second guy in a tag team, that's all you need to be. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's where he belongs. And he's actually – he's not hes not taking away from the matches that he's in. And, and this match was just – it was just a fantastic match. I, it was as good as any tag match in any company I've seen this year. I think I gave it four and a half. Um, it, 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 you know, I, I loved it. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence – they're not going to get the time at Wrestle Kingdom, but it gave me. See, if this match wasn't as good as it was, that Wrestle Kingdom match would just be producing eye rolls, and I'd be like, oh, God, we've got to sit through that. But now I have a little hope that maybe they could put something together, even though they're only going to get 12 minutes.
0: Um, as far as other World Tag League stuff, I thought it'd kind of be best. I, I don't know that we necessarily need to break down every single other one of these matches because I think it might be more beneficial for us to kind of go over the Wrestle Kingdom card and then talk about things that happened in, in the World Tag League that led to the Wrestle Kingdom. Because we don't need to do an extensive preview of Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, that's coming you know, later down the line. Uh, but is that probably better other than, like, I don't know that we need to break down every single one of these random matches, unless you wanted to. I don't no, know if you were no, a, no, no. a huge fan of, like, <laughs> you know, the, the Ray Rohan,son Brian Breaker Leland race match, and we need to talk about that, but a lot of ramifications for Wrestle Kingdom throughout the card, so I thought it'd be more beneficial just to talk about Wrestle Kingdom.
1: No, we we don't need to talk about the World Tag League card. I don't think anybody wants that anyway. It would look. It was a surprisingly good show.
0: Yeah, the beginning was was bad, like the last, which kind of I mean you're going to get that with a lot of the world tag league, but the last half of the show w- w- was legitimately really good, especially if you're excited for Wrestle Kingdom and excited for them to build towards Wrestle Kingdom because this was kind of the big build for a lot of these matches, even though they were tag matches like the Kenny Omega Okada uh, thing that happened after their tag match, um, of course Cody being you know introduced that sort of stuff was really cool, uh, uh, you know a new member of Los Ingobernables we'll talk about here in a little bit, I mean a lot of cool stuff there that led to Wrestle Kingdom, but not necessarily. You know, in ring, I don't know that the last half of the show was really spectacular that way. That way, but it was it was fun and it felt like an important show, and that you don't get that in the World Tag League all that much. So, <laughs> just sitting down and watching an important show again was, was pretty fun to do. Yeah,
1: you just mentioned everything that needed to be mentioned and what made this a surprisingly good show. The main event was awesome. You had the Cody Rhodes introduction video where Kenny Omega teased the Ryback and ended up being Cody Rhodes, which was an excellent video. But the Japanese fans clearly don't know who he is and don't care about him at least these new Japan fans they got no reaction. It got some murmurs and some polite clapping. I think people are curious, but they don't know what to make of it um which is gonna make his wrestle kingdom match uh you know important and I think they 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 kind of lucked out that it's that it's juice Robinson and not Mike Elgin, but we'll talk about that in a minute and then of course the the angle where Omega laid out Okada and Gato, which was the you know the essentially the go-home angle even though we're gonna have the that knee to need
0: a gato man i watched that like seven times i thought he got gato i mean i don't know if gato might have just done the greatest cell job ever but man he looked like he just absolutely destroyed gato on that i don't know i don't know if you rewatched that or if there was any gifts of that or whatever but man gato just got destroyed by that omega knee it was great
1: yeah and then uh you know the last thing was was uh Hiromu takahashi the former kamatache uh joining los angamara which you know Character-wise, he's a, he's, a, he's a good fit, considering his gimmick and all those things. Um, I got to tell you, though, and I've been saving this for the podcast, I'm not as optimistic about this pairing as a lot of other people are. And I'm curious what you think of it, but I'm going to give my take first. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm a little disappointed he joined this group, even though I suspected that he would. Because this guy's a great wrestler, and I'm excited to see him mix it up with Kushida and some of the other juniors. But the thing about being in Los Cingabra is, is the story of this faction is that they feel underappreciated and jilted and all these things. And they cheat their way to all of their victories with, with copious amounts of interference. And the overriding theme is that they're never good enough to do it on their own. Whenever they're put in situations on their own, they lose. And, you know, they win with gang warfare right is that fair to say is that a fair assessment yeah yeah of this no that's story? absolutely
0: what, that's that's yeah that was what they were built for they
1: went on gang warfare and then NATO sort of does this kind of like who me kind of act like he knows very well that he's cheating his way to victories but he plays it you know he's tranquilo you know yeah it's 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 what he feels he has to do because he wasn't getting opportunities otherwise they're just that that's what they and to me i think that's going to ruin a lot of Hiromu's matches because I'm, I'm I'm kind of getting sick of that formula for the same reasons that me and you were getting sick of the Bullet Club formula three years ago. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these Los Ingobernables matches. Their big matches always having, you know, a, a series of run- Look, all the run-ins and, and it, it, they keep telling the same story with these guys. And I'm getting a little bored. And it's not really what I want in my New Japan wrestling anyway. And if you don't think I'm being consistent, Go listen to our shows in 2013 when we talked about the Bullet Club, when that was getting out of hand. I don't think this is an inconsistent take on my part, Rich. Um, I'm just tiring of it, and it's a shame that this guy's matches are probably going to be marred by that stuff. I'd rather just see him get in there and mix it up with guys, either as a member of Chaos or um, or just on his own. I mean, why does he have to be with anybody? He's a fucking, you know, they've established the character as a fucking weirdo. Why not just yeah, leave him? Yeah, uh, okay.
0: That's that's exactly where I was going to bring it. I have no issues with, like, whether there's going to be interference or wh- whatever. My thing is, I love him as a lone wolf. I love him as just this, like, giant weirdo that everybody else on the roster is like, what the hell's up with that guy? Like, he's, like, weird. He licks his hat. Like, I would have liked it if Nato gave him that hat and he just licks it and then walks away. Like, that enough is like, all right, like, you show that him and Naito are, are they're not going to beat each other up right now. They're they're kind of like, you know, I, I don't know that he's necessarily in the stable, but it's, it's kind of a thing where you build a relationship between the two where it's like, all right, well, you know, they'll look out. For each other, maybe a little bit. Maybe he doesn't have to become a full-fledged member of the stable, but as a guy that's sort of a a, a friend of them or whatever. Because the problem with him being in the stable too, I love him as a lone wolf. I think he's best as a lone wolf because he's got he's weird enough to do that. The other thing too is you already have a junior there. You got Bushi in that that stable. Now you got two juniors in there. I don't like that idea. I like the idea of a stable. I I love the makeup of the stable now because you have Naito as the leader. That makes perfect sense. He's kind of the established guy there. You have the muscle and evil. You got kind of the good-looking technical guy in Sonata, and you have the junior in Bushi. There you go. That's good. I mean, Roosh comes in, you know, to do his little thing. That's fine or whatever. But now you have two juniors. It's just like you didn't need him. It's it's just – it's redundant. It doesn't help Ngobernabiles all that much. And I don't think it helps him all that much. I think he is so much better. It's just the lone wolf that can have all the attention on himself. Yeah, he can have some friends along the way. Maybe he has these guys interfere for him sometimes. Maybe they do that if they really want to do that story and really tell that story. But I'm with you. I don't like the idea that there's always going to be this interference. I don't like this idea that he thinks he needs backup. And he hasn't really been. You know, and the other thing, too, is is you brought up at the top of your, your point is that those guys all feel like they've been wronged in some way. That something he, I mean, he waltzes into this company and gets a title shot right away, and he's like a guy that everybody knows is kind of a big deal there and, and a guy that they've been really looking forward to getting back. So it doesn't really, to, to me, that story doesn't really work. He's not really of what those guys should be. It doesn't really work with, with the Ngobernabele sort of what they stand for and what they want to be. So, I, I, yeah, I don't like it. I think it's a weird fit. Um, and I just think it's a necessary fit. I think it's a redundant and unnecessary fit. And I think he's way better off just being a lone wolf. But I don't know. I'm just, yeah. just
1: from a nerdy match perspective, I'm afraid he's going to change his style too much, too. Because his, his working style when he had all those great matches in Mexico against Dragon Lee and really across the world, not just in Mexico against Dragon Lee. He worked this frenetic, high-pace, high-risk, dangerous, flying all over the place, can't take a I'm killing myself.
0: I may die every time I walk. Every time I get in the ring, I may die. Yeah, so. go, go,
1: go, go, go. The, the pace was incredible. He did all these crazy dives on the floor. It was nonstop. Now he's, you know, is is and, and the, the character had obviously changed a little bit when he came into New Japan and even before he joined um, LIJ, but now I feel like, is he going to work that LIJ style? Is he going to be methodical? That's like, that's that's not what made him great. What made him great was that he was not methodical at all, that he was a madman. So I also have reservations on, his, on how he's going to work. You know, If, he, if he's just going to be a, you know, a, a junior version of Naito, I don't want that. I don't want that from him. I want the guy that we saw killing it all over the world against Dragon Lee. I want the guy that we saw at Fantastic Mania in one of the best matches of the year against Dragon Lee which got over huge in and Hall, by the way. That's the guy I was hoping would come back. I am Look, I'm, I, I was very excited. I couldn't wait for this guy to come back. I have reservations now. I need to see. This is this is one of the matches to me at Wrestle Kingdom that to me is one of the biggest question marks because I don't know what kind of Hiromu Takahashi we're going to get, and it scares me because I'm afraid they may have tweaked this guy a little too much. I, I, I have that fear, and I hope that I'm wrong.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this Wrestle Kingdom card here uh, real quick. And, of course, we're not going to do an extensive preview here. That's, of course, coming later down no, the line.
1: Do big picture stuff uh, yeah. here.
0: I mean, it might be the entire – it but might it, be an entire show. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and <laughs> I do think that, yeah. and
1: I do think that um, overall, my first impressions of the card – Yeah, yeah, I guess I should ask. I, I I saw and I was like, wow, this is an awesome card. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I think this is an important point to make. It, it You know, every year this happens at Wrestle Kingdom – Here's what people have to understand. If you're a New Japan fan, if you like New Japan, if you're into the New Japan product, you're going to think that this is an awesome card because it is. And all of the feedback that I've seen from New Japan fans, people who are invested in New Japan, they think this card is pretty stacked because it is. Now, if you're not invested in New Japan, if you're not a New Japan fan, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it, 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 here, here's the thing. And, this, and we're all guilty of
0: this. This is a fascinating discussion. If you like something, you'll like it. If you don't no, like no, it, you No, no, no. Like but I'm going a
1: little deeper. <laughs> it's I'm fascinating. No, te- I
0: know you are, but I just find it funny that we have to have this discussion. But, but go ahead. But
1: here's the thing. This is an excellent New Japan card because all the New Japan fans are happy. But here's the thing. And we're all guilty of this. New Japan has been so hyped up since 2012. Now, people who aren't necessarily invested in New Japan or don't enjoy the New Japan style or don't like New Japan for whatever reason, they're so fucking tired of hearing about how great New Japan is that there's this re- – not necessarily resistance isn't the right word, but there's a kickback because they're fucking sick of hearing all this New Japan hype for the last four years. And I completely understand where those people are coming from, Rich. I, I get the mindset and I get that it's frustrating – that every time you go on a message board or talk to wrestling fans or go on Twitter, that they're hyping this thing that you just don't get and you don't think is so hot and just sick of hearing it. So what you get is this, this, this blowback from people who that, you know, are, are burying the card or they don't like the card or whatever. And I think what's happening is – and listen, this is sort of the, the pot calling the kettle black because I – believe me, I've been guilty of that – not this year. But in the past I've been very guilty of this, but I've, I've learned and adapted to not be this way anymore and I think you you see, you know these new Japan fans get insulted by that. Don't, don't. These people are annoyed and they're tired of everybody hyping New Japan because they don't they don't see it and that's okay. you don't have to like it okay that's where a lot of that kickback and blowback comes from okay Think about it, Rich. If, 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 think of a promotion that you don't necessarily follow or that you're invested in, whether it's an it's CZW. That's a, I think that one's perfect, right? When's the last time you watched a CZW?
0: <laughs> it has been many, many years, probably 2006 okay. or something. But. If,
1: if, if, if the season, they just had their Cage of Death show, right? They did, right? yes. They the big, biggest show of the year. I paid zero attention to it, couldn't tell you one match it was on the show. If someone posted that card somewhere and the CZW fans were raving about it, and you took a look at it and you said, eh, I'm not really invested in CZW. I don't think it's such a great card, but I don't know anything about – Rich, you wouldn't be compelled to go online and trash it, right? But the reason being is CZW hasn't had all this hype surrounding it for the last four years. Right. And you're not annoyed by constantly hearing CZW hype. These people are annoyed because people like us and people – some of the people who listen to this or some other people who are just in love with New Japan annoy the shit out of them because they're tired of fucking hearing it. So I think what people need to do is kind of understand where these people are coming from, OK? I don't think it's cool if people are going out of their way to rip something just sort of to stick the screws to somebody or, or – or, but, but I do understand. I don't think that everyone who says they don't like the card is necessarily doing that. But there are some people – let's face it, Rich. there's some people who like doing that sort of thing, the, you know, the classic troll technique. Yeah, right. But it's like you got to you know I, I don't think – look, it, there's no point arguing about it or, or getting into it with these people. and They're not in the card. That's OK. okay They don't have to be in the card. But that also doesn't mean that people who are into this card, I think this is an excellent card. I think the on-paper lineup is incredible. I can't wait for this thing. And I, but I'm not going to be shy about saying that. And I don't think if you do love this card and you think it's going to be great and you're excited for it, that you should be shy about saying it. Okay? It's great. That, you know, be positive about wrestling. If you love this card, you think it's going to be great, get out there and say so. Be hyped about it. Don't let these people talk you down. Don't let them quiet you down if you think, I think this is a great card. And, and you know I'm gonna come on this show and say it. And I'm I'm gonna continue to say it until lead up. What do you think about this card?
0: Yeah, I, I like it. I think one of the issues that a lot of people do have as well is I think we get this idea that these cards are just like top to bottom awesome matches, and like they're really not. I mean, like yeah, you get a lot of really good matches on a Wrestle Kingdom show, but but go back and look at past years Wrestle Kingdoms. Like the undercard is is the undercard. Like they try to get everybody on the card, so there are those little random matches that don't maybe make the most sense. But that's always what it's been. It's always been about you know five or six solid singles matches with the top three or so being ones that you really like i mean like we we all talk about wrestle kingdom 9 or wrestle kingdom 10 and all that sort of stuff go back and look at those like it's really propped up by those top three matches and i think this one is absolutely the same way as well but i think this one's got a little bit of a deeper uh you know for people that are are, are really hardcore in New japan and really enjoy it and really have followed it throughout the year there's a lot of really cool things in here and, and, and i think one of the issues that i had initially is i look at it and i look at the shibata goto and i go ah you know that that hasn't really been built up all that well that's kind of thrown together and i guess that's again comes back to the What we were talking about during the World Tag League is the the the, the tenor of the show is completely different without those Noah guys. I, I full well if you had those Noah guys in there and you had Shibata versus Shiozaki and Nagata versus Nakajima and then some random Noah versus New Japan and this I would absolutely adore this card. This would be my favorite card of the year, favorite card ever. You know what I mean? Like it would absolutely blow the doors off. I mean, it's just an incredible card. Now it's good. It's a very good card, I think, but it there are some things left off of it, but I, I think that's no fault of them. I mean, they were dealt a real bad hand here, which is kind of the theme of their 2016, as well as, you know, you build up months and months of this no one new japan feud, you know, you finally do it. People are, have been clamoring for it for so long, you finally do it, and then they sell the company, and then you're screwed, and you don't get those guys anymore. And then you have a shibata it kind of, sitting there with nothing to do. You have a Goto who you hadn't planned. You had maybe Goto and Ishii. You didn't know what you were going to do with them. Ishii is a guy who, who's just kind of there. He's just kind of floating around in nothing land uh, for this match because he was probably supposed to be in a tag title match, but then you needed another guy, so you brought Goto in. So there are some points here where I'm like, ah, you know, that's not great, but given the circumstances, given what kind of got thrown at them uh, those last few, you know, weeks and the last few months or whatever, I think it's a spectacular card because... I, and again, you look at kind of the top matches, the top two are more than enough for me. I think those two matches are going to be spectacular. Like last year's AJ Styles and Nakamura and, and, and Okada Tanahashi, if that was it, if the rest of the cards sucked at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, I would have been fine with it. That was okay. I, I, those two matches were awesome enough for me, especially the, the Okada Tanahashi, that, that that's all right. Like it's all right if the other undercard is is just okay or just pretty good. But, but I, I do enjoy the card a lot. Would I have liked a little bit more with the Noah guys? Absolutely. But, you know, I can't control that. And they can't either because they don't have those guys. So you kind of – they got dealt a bad hand, and I think they made the most of it, uh, you know, all things considering.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the people who don't like the show weren't going to like it no matter what they did because they just don't – they're not into the company. I mean, you have to keep that in mind. I mean, you could reshuffle these players any way you want. Someone who isn't into New Japan isn't going to be into a New Japan show because it's New Japan wrestlers. I mean, you just, you know, you just have to accept that. But no, I think this card's super deep. I mean, when you're talking about Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole on the first half of a show for the Ring of Honor World Title, I mean, jeez. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: There's no shortage of singles matches too, which I, I really do enjoy as well. And I think people are sleeping on the the, the Tiger Mask W match too. Like, you know, what I mean, like, it, yeah, it, it's 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 going to be tough for him to wrestle in a mask and all that sort of stuff. But it's, I mean, you, you know, the guy's going to go out there and kill it if if it's. I mean, if you look at the image, it's it's obviously Kota Ibushi that's going to be playing it again. I mean, if you if you're into hit, like Kota Ibushi's on this card, like I don't think people are giving that credit because it's Tiger Mask W. But it's Kota Ibushi versus who we assume, you know, I do we want to say who we yeah, think Yeah, I mean
1: this is okay. this is potentially Kota Ibushi versus ACH.
0: In, <laughs> right, the like opener. Right, if I if I changed it cuz right now I'm looking at Tiger Mask W versus Tiger of the Dark. If I deleted that and put Kota Bushi versus ACH and that was the opener, would that change how what you think of this card? I think a lot of people would. I think for a lot of people they would go, "Oh yeah, okay." But I think it's Tiger Mask W versus Tiger of the Dark. It's like, "Ah, yeah, whatever." Those guys are going to go out there and kill it. Are you kidding? You think Kotobushi is going to half-ass it? You think ACH, when he gets to play an anime character, is going to go, ah, you know what, let's kind of run through some basic stuff and get out of here. Are you, what? No way. Those guys are going to kill it.
1: I, look, my point is I think there's too much focus on the, some of the people who are being negative, which is ironic since we've spent the last 15 minutes talking about the people who are negative. on. And that. we often spend way
0: too much time because, on this Because
1: well, the so. card is awesome. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're into that. New Japan, this card is awesome from top to bottom. It's stacked. It's well-built. It's all. It's fresh. This is a fresh card. Whereas last year there was stagnation coming in. And this year has been a rebuilding year and this has been a year where everything has felt fresh and this card feels fresh. Um, so, I mean, and, and there's the potential, I mean, you could look at the floor on some, on, on, on all the top matches and the, the floor is extremely high. I mean, I expect all these matches to be pretty top four matches to be pretty great. Um, you know, even with my reservations about Hiromu, and I, I'm a little weary about it, I think that that gauntlet match for the NEVER title is going to be yeah, so much yeah. fucking fun. And you know,
0: I don't know that people know that it's a gauntlet. I initially did not. I, when I was doing my kind of my, my card reaction, I was looking at it and going, "Oh man, that's a lot of guys in the ring at the same time," and all this sort of stuff. For whatever reason, I didn't I didn't make the connection that it's a gauntlet match. The gauntlet matches are fucking awesome. I'm all in on a gauntlet,
1: especially in this situation because you know this thing's going to get like ten minutes, right? which in this case is going to work to this match. This match, it'll work to, to its advantage because you have a bunch of guys who are here are perfectly suited to get in there, get their shit in, and get the fuck out when you're talking about your Willow Sprays, your Ricochets, uh, your, your uh, Ishi's. Look at the great workers in this thing. Yoshi uh, Yoshihashi, who, I mean, this is tailor-made for him. Who's better on a hot tag than Yoshihashi? This match is one long hot tag. This is just guys fucking going balls to the wall. OK, the Finley, Kojima, Ricochet team, they've been fun champions. They've had shockingly good chemistry that we've talked about all along. Uh, you're going to have bad luck folly just tossing dudes by the throat. I mean, I, I I'm looking forward and I hope we get this to bad luck folly being in the ring with Will Ospreay. I want to see bad luck folly throw this kid all around the ring and Ospreay to, to take wild bumps and everything. Look, this is going to be 10 minutes of guys just going ape shit and getting their shit in. It's a match that people are underselling. Uh, it's a gauntlet style match. I doubt that the champions retain, but I really hope that they do because I love that team. Um, you know, but I, you know, obviously I think um, the Wilson Godwin Oblast team is going to win the titles here. I mean, that's my gut anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff here. You, look, we're finally getting just a straight up tag match for the junior tag titles. Mm-hmm, How refreshing mm-hmm. is that? We've got the Kota Abushi versus ACH, maybe as the opener who knows if it'll be kota we all think it will be uh i'm guessing
0: from the promo photo that they still used him in there i feel like if you really wanted to you would have used like because if you look at the promo video like tiger the dark is the, the 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 anime character the drawing of the character and then Tiger Mask W is Kota. So, you know what I mean? Like You sure. would have used – if you really are going to – because I, I, I'm assuming they would think about that if they're going to use it. Because it's obviously Kota Bushi, and everybody knows Kota Anybody with half a brain knows it's Kota I don't think that you would have put that promo pick in there if you weren't going to have Kota do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You would have done the drawing. You would have had the drawing just like Tiger of the Dark. It would have been both those guys as their drawings. You would have put whoever under the hood and whoever is Tiger Masked – you know what I mean? But the fact that Kota was in that promo pick – uh, to me, I, I can't fathom that you would do that and then not deliver on Kodobushi being Tiger Mask.
1: I'm there. way more confident he'll he'll be in that role than ACH will be in the other role. The because we we were told after the last uh, Tiger Mask W match that he was coming back to the dome and that it was going to be Abushi, and we were told that before New Japan announced it. So it all it makes sense and it all adds up. And, and we are also told at that time that ACH was pegged as the opponent. We didn't know whether – we we had a, figured it would be a character from the show, but it, that's how it turned out to be. Uh, the, the only reservations I have with that is with the Noah thing being messy. ACH was a Noah wrestler. Um, and I, look, I know he did the New Japan tour, but he was representing Noah, and he was a Noah guy first. Plus ACH's messy breakup with Ring of Honor happened since then. Ring of Honor is a promotional partner of New Japan. Um, I, you know, I, I, look – there's some question marks whether this will still be ACH, but we were told at the time that he was booked for this spot. So I'm expect – I'm about 60-40 on ACH. I'm about 90-10 on Kotobushi. It's probably going to be Kotobushi versus ACH. Uh, That's pretty who, fucking awesome. And, 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 and playing anime characters, which is wacky <laughs> and <laughs> right, nuts right up their alley, and, yeah. and perfect for the opener. We're going to get another Rambo with all the guys that aren't booked. Yes, Rambo. And uh you know going through the card Cody and Juice Robinson now look we found out that this was originally supposed to be Cody and Mike Elgin Mike Elgin's healthy in wrestling but I guess New Japan just you know wasn't so sure I don't know if that means Elgin will be in the Rambo I don't know if Elgin is going to be flown in I don't know if Elgin's going to work New Year dash he is healthy if they do fly him in he's got to be one of the favorites to win the Rambo right wouldn't it make sense for Elgin to win that match at least if he didn't get on the card
0: I, yeah, because you wouldn't have him just kind of toiling around and doing nothing.
1: I wouldn't at put him in the point. Rambo if he doesn't win. I mean, what are you going to do? Have Kabuki eliminate him with mist?
0: <laughs> you, yes, that would be incredible. I'm down for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't do that to Elgin. you know?
0: Hiro Saito, hero Saito just chops him out of the ring or something like that. Be yeah, good, yeah, beat him
1: with the senton. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that happening, you know? But, but I think, honestly, I think this worked out in their favor. I mean, yeah, I think that, here's the thing with the Cody and Juice match. First of all, people are making too big a deal about Cody wrote, look, he's in a fucking prelim. We got look, we knew we were gonna get stuck with Cody. Rich, a week ago, we were all afraid he was gonna be facing Shibata, third from the top. We caught a break here. I don't understand why people are flipping out about this. This he's in a prelim match against Juice Robinson. We dodged a bullet with Cody. I don't know what's gonna happen moving forward. Unfortunately, I'm afraid, you know, obviously he's gonna win this match, and then I'm afraid they're gonna push him and do some things with him. But listen. As far as Wrestle Kingdom goes, we dodged.
0: We dodged a bullet. Yeah, we absolutely did. Okay,
1: he's going to be in an eight-minute match with Juice Robinson, which I am fine with. If we look, if we're if we're going to be forced to be stuck with this guy, this is the best possible. Other than being in the Rambo, what? This is the best possible scenario from the point of view of someone who didn't want him on the card. I mean, we really caught a break here, and and the fact that it's against Juice is where I think New Japan caught a break because. As you know, Rich, Juice, who in the world, it's a short list of guys who make their opponents look better than Juice Robinson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been his MO forever. And this is clearly a match designed to make Cody Rhodes look good and give him a good win on the biggest card of the year. And Juice is going to work his ass off, and he's going to get that done. And this match, no pun intended, is going to have a little Juice because of Juice because he's over now. The fans are into this guy now. He's had a great year and I know he sort of backdoored his way into the card because of the Elgin injury, but you know what? He deserves a spot here because he worked hard all year. He had good singles matches.
0: He's had a hell of a year, yeah. Go back and look at his year. I, I was actually doing his write up uh, before we started recording here. Uh, going back and looking at his year, he's had a really good year, especially when you had those Lionsgate matches, that Go Shiozaki match. I, I, part of me completely forgot that that match even existed. I went back and watched it. that match. was fucking awesome. The
1: Shiozaki match, the Kenny, yeah. the Kenny Omega match. Remember that?
0: Yeah, one? yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That was a lot of fun. He had a match. He's
0: had a great year. He's had a really low key great year. I mean, of course, because he's still in kind of the role that he is. Uh, he's emerging that a little bit. He's not kind of in that the, the jobbing young lion role anymore, but he's still kind of a, a lower card guy. But I think people forget that he. He has been in a lot of singles matches this year and there's a reason for that is because he as you said at the top he is known for making the other guy look like a million bucks and this is what you want with cody because cody's gonna come in he's gonna come to no reaction the crowd's gonna not care about him at all and there, you know there's not a better guy you can pick than juice robinson because that is his goal they're gonna tell juice go out there and make cody look like a million bucks and there is i, I don't know if there's anybody better in wrestling and in, in, in any company that you say, hey, this guy you're against, this guy you have eight minutes, make him look like a million bucks. Then Juice Robinson, you know what I mean? Like we've seen it time and time again. He did it in, in NXT every time he was out and we, there. And, <laughs> we, and we
1: talked about it when he was in NXT. Yeah. He, he's a great bump and sell guy. You know what I mean? And, and it, it's like – and he makes his opponents look great. You know, it's, a, it's like him and like Ty Dillinger are like the two guys right now. And Ty Dillinger, a lot of it is because of how over he is. Fans get invested in Dillinger and they want him to win. And, and, you know, he's great at putting guys over, you know, it's, so I really think they caught a break here with this match. It's going to, you know, exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be eight minutes. It's going to be a neat, tidy victory for Cody Rhodes. And uh, hopefully, you know, and juice juice is going to bump his ass off and, and, and look good in the process. And we really caught a break, man. And, and, you know, I, it's a prelim, you know, we, we really caught a break with that. And then you've got, you know, then they get the Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Ring of Honor, World Title match, which, um, you know. I'm
0: fascinated by this match. I cannot wait to see the result of this.
1: I mean, I, we can do this two ways. I cannot say anything, or I can say something. <laughs> How do you want to do this?
0: Uh, I think you should say something.
1: I, Adam Cole is winning this match. I'm not going to say why. but I, d- d- Adam...
0: Read between the lines. Re- read my uh, card reaction piece, and you'll see what that. What that entails. Because I said, there's there, whatever result happens, we know something big. Whatever, and that's why I'm fascinated by this match, because the result says a lot about the future of these two men in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I mean if O'Reilly wins, okay. If Cole wins, okay. the way, go go read it. The yeah. way things
1: stand out, Cole's winning. Now, the, the, the problem with this is I, I feel really bad for Bobby Fish. O'Reilly winning the Ring of Honor title basically bumped Bobby Fish off of this card. And I don't know what his future is going to be with New Japan period at this point, if things play out the way we think they're going to play out. Um, I, I, I don't know if again, like Elgin, I don't know if they, from, from what I understand, fish is not booked on this card at all. So I wouldn't expect them in the Rambo. So that tells me they're not using them the next day either on the new year dash. So I feel bad for Bobby fish, um, but there's a lot of uncertainty with that. Uh, tag team and both of those guys contracts things of that nature. So the next, um, you know, three or four weeks are going to be very interesting from that perspective. Um, you know, I, I but it's it's a shame because Bobby Fish had a good year and he worked hard too. And you know, he had that they had that he had that match with Shibata which was excellent. And uh, it's it's just too bad that things worked out the way they did and he couldn't get on the card. And then and then there's the business end of the card the tag team match we talked about junior match we talked about, and then the top three. I mean, we talked about Shibata Goto, and you sort of alluded to the top two matches. I think the, the top two matches, I, I mean, I, I, I expect them to be incredible, and there's, there's reason to believe that they'll be incredible. And just based on the history of all four guys involved, I think Kenny Omega is super driven right now and super motivated to go out and show the world that he, he, he wants to have the greatest match in history wrestling. I, yeah. I believe in his mind, his his goal here is to have the greatest match in history of wrestling. It, this isn't going to. Be, I'm not saying that it's going to be the. I'm saying Kenny. That's pro. That is very likely Kenny Omega's mind. He is so driven, and so motivated right now. And he's been waiting for this. He fucked around as a junior for two years. Didn't he was just biding his time, and he knew it. This is the moment he's been waiting for. It's the biggest match of his career. This is a guy who has something to prove, and he's in there with a great big match worker. He's in there with Big Match Kazuchika who delivers every fucking time in these spots. He's delivered all year. Uh, He's a guy who's not getting enough wrestler of the year support. He's had a tremendous year, top to bottom, since he had a five-star match on the fourth uh, last year. And ever since then, he's just had great match after great match Okay, this year. These two guys, this is just a formula. Two guys who are great in the closing stretch of matches too, which is very important to the New Japan style. This match just has all the makings of a match-of-the-year style match. I would expect this to be a match-of-the-year level match at the floor. At the floor. The ceiling would be just something... Because it just has all the makings of it. And with that said, the semi-main event, do you think Hiroshi Tanahashi, with his professional ego, is happy to be in the semi-main event spot? Hell no. Don't you think that that man, who's been the ace of this company for years... And has now taken this step down. is it, it, Just like I think Kenny wants to go out there and have the greatest match of all time. I think Hiroshi Tanahashi's mindset coming into this show is, I am going to outshine that fucking main event at all costs. That main event is not going to outsh- – I am going to have a better match than Kenny Omega and Kazuchiro Okada. I'm going to show these people that I'm still the man. Because that man – Tanahashi has an ego.
0: Oh yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, go go. If you don't know that, I mean, of course, if you if you followed any of his translations, anytime that uh, Chris Charlton or whatever translates uh, anything that Tanahashi ever says, he, he's got. I think he's got his blog. Um, he he his book that came out a few years ago, and then the New Japan on Access. I don't know if you're watching those. I've been really kind of uh, binge watching all the old uh, episodes of of this year's uh, season of uh, the New Japan on Access. Uh, Tanahashi's got a big ass ego, man. He thinks that he is the man, and he you know he's got all rights to do that. But he's, you know, he'll call guys out. I mean, and he'll be point blank about it too. Of calling guys out when he doesn't think they're performing, calling guys out when he doesn't think they're they're very good, you know. Of course, there was the Shibata thing from many years ago that we remember. I mean, Tanahashi will let you know when he doesn't approve of you or doesn't think you're any good. And yeah, he's not a guy who's going to sit idly and go, "Oh, I'm I'm glad you guys are in the main event. That's all that matters to me." Oh, hell no. That's not Tanahashi. That's not this guy at all. Yeah. The reason he's so great is cuz he's so driven.
1: Absolutely. And I I feel like it's going to be his goal to uh steal the show i really do um so that match again you know it, it, very high ceiling to me and uh a very high very high floor i mean i i don't expect to be anything less than great so yeah like you alluded to earlier i'm i'm really pumped about the top two from that. here's the other thing about this show and uh tell me if you agree with this i i think for most of these matches i have a real hard time figuring out how they're gonna who's gonna win
0: yeah, there, there is a real tough – real quickly, before we kind of get to that, I want to talk real, real, real briefly about Kenny Omega uh, before we talk about the other – here's a guy that you mentioned, that he is driven to have the best match. The guy is driven to have an incredible all-time great match, the best match ever. And all you have to do to look at evidence of that is go back and watch that G1. Remember the semifinal and final? That guy was a phenomenon for those two nights. Do you remember those matches? That guy came out there and it was like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this. It was a shock to the system. When you saw Kenny Omega out there, I've never seen a wrestler put as much singular effort in a match than I saw with Kenny Omega in those two matches. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes you can see when a guy's trying really hard to have an incredible match. You know what I mean? Like, for some guys, it's natural. Like, in Okada Tanahashi, those dudes are just such naturals that they can just kind of do it, and they can, you know what I mean? Like, it's not difficult for them. They're very smooth about it. Omega, it was like, he went out there, and you could tell that guy went through the curtain and said, I am going to fucking have the best match I can ever have right here, right now. And he had it two nights in a row he, in those G1s. A, those were a shock to the system for us. He, us. He's
1: He's got, he's a guy who takes pride in his performances. And, um, and, 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 you know, you go back and 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 his presser when they signed him years ago. You know, he flat out said he. he you know, and, and and even since then, in other media, he wants to be the biggest star in Japan, and this is his chance. He's old. This is an ultra driven man. This is not a man who's going to go in there, and you know, forget it. Forget about half assing it. Right? This guy, his his goal here is going to be to have the greatest match he's ever had in his life, and he's in there with a guy that he can do it with, and I really think Tanahashi is going to try to top them. And the thing about Omega is where he's been very smart. You know, you had Nakamura who very clearly um, would mail it in at times. He didn't feel it was an important enough spot or, you know, if he wanted to preserve his body or whatever the reason. It was very obvious when Nakamura was mailing it in. Still is, in fact. Um, I don't think we've seen full effort Nakamura in his new company yet Uh, because I don't think he feels like he needs to. I think um, one
0: time you saw it. I think his debut was Sure.
1: And and since then it's like he doesn't feel like he needs to, you know? He knows what he needs to do to get over in that company and he does it. Yeah. I can make
0: silly faces and people cheer and they sing my music. So. That could good,
1: do cool. just <laughs> enough to have a good match. Right. And we'll talk about that later I think a little bit. Yeah, we will. Yeah. But yeah. um but but with with Omega, it's similar but but the brilliant thing that Omega has done, and no matter what you think of this guy, he puts a lot of thought into his character, puts a lot of thought into his work, and he really is a brilliant mind. Uh what he's done that to me that's been brilliant is, in situations where he wants to mail it in, he sort of has this alter ego. Where, you know, instantly by the gear he's wearing, whether it's going to be serious main event, Kenny.
0: hmm Great point.
1: Or broom sweeping, fucking around with the young bucks, mid card, Kenny, where he's not going to put his body on the line, but he's going to go out there and have fun, and he's going to entertain you. He's not going to go out there like Nakamura, and sell you short. As a consumer, he's going to entertain you in a different way, and I think that's been brilliant because when he comes out there wearing those multicolored tights with the tassels and he wrestles in his T-shirt, you're getting goofy Kenny. You're getting elite Kenny, and and, and it's, it's entertaining in its own way, but when he comes out there in those black snakeskin tights, the angel wing tights, and it's main event Kenny, you're getting main event Kenny, and he's not fucking around. And he's out there to, to have the best match possible, and to get himself over and to be a top star. And I think that's kind of brilliant because, look, New Japan, we know it's a tough schedule. We know it's a hard style. We know guys – all of these guys find – it's not just – not. I think Nakamura is sort of the, the the classic example of it. But look, we all know Tanahashi. What's his knock, Rich? He dogs it in tag matches, right? Togi Makabe, what's his knock? You put him in a multi-man tag, the man won't even take a bump. He'll brawl back with somebody and you never see him again. Okay? This is a roster of men who are very smart about saving their bodies, and that's Omega's method. He's crafted this alter ego who's sort of a goofball, but he finds a way to be entertaining when he dogs it, and he mails it in. So I think that's a brilliant part. He's He sort of has two different characters. This guy's a brilliant mind, Rich.
0: He really is. No, it's incredible. And, and- – yeah, I, I have no doubt that this is going to be. And, and you said it again. I mean, the floor for this is match of the year. I, I, I would be, I would be stunned if it's like if we end out and it's like a four star. It's like, yeah, that was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will, I will be tremendously disappointed if at the end I'm just like, ah, yeah, all right. Four, it's four like, star know, match is
1: a letdown. Yeah, that was it's, good. It's a, that would be a letdown. A great. A ma- Here's the thing about this match: if they have a, gr- they can have a great match and it could still be a letdown because I my expectations are so yeah. high here.
0: And you should be, and, and I don't think we're being unrealistic by that, because Omega, I, like I said, go watch the G1, and with Okada, watch every big match he's ever in, and like, those two guys, I just have no scenario where those two guys just don't work, and and I love the idea that this is a match that has never been done, and we talk about this all the time with New Japan, where everybody wants this and this, oh, we need this, we need Okada versus Shibata, we need, you know, this match has never been done, doesn't it make it so much cooler now? When this has never been done, those two have never crossed paths. In another year, if it's Okada versus Shibata, and you go, "Oh man, they kept those guys apart for five years. That's awesome." You know what I mean? Like
1: all the moaning about Okada and Shibata, about Shibata never facing Okada. It's gonna, it's all gonna pay off when they finally do. And it's so obvious that they're building to it.
0: And I really do think as well, and I'm getting this more when I'm watching New Japan on Access, and I, th- I wish that we had more access to, you know, pun kind of intended there, more access to translations as they go on. Because when you watch these matches and you watch the builds and you, and you get the promos transcribed from you, there, there's a whole different storytelling with a lot of this stuff that you just don't really see at the time. That I think we kind of look at the raw booking of, of, of things and don't look at the nuances and the intricacies of why these guys are facing each other and and what their beef with the other person is. I really do wish that we got a little bit more because I think people would understand a lot more because because I've understood a lot more just even going back and watching matches from over a year ago uh, of guys' motivations. Like I watched the the, the Goto uh, Okada from New Beginning in Osaka, and that was a whole different atmosphere for me because that was initially like, yeah, Goto beat him in the G1, so he gets. This inevitable title shot, or whatever, but then you see Okada kind of prodding him and making fun of him and, and that sort of stuff, and then Godo just kind of not saying it, it's like again, like that's something that I wish we would have gotten at the time because I didn't appreciate that match all that much. And Omega's a guy, too who, you know, a lot of the stuff that he does, they record it for backstage, they show it on these little things. Uh, Maybe we don't see it every single time out there. He is just awesome at promos and awesome at building up a match and awesome at telling you his motivations for a match as well. So I do hope that if we do get any promos leading up to this from those guys, that we do get some, you know, we get translations for those because I think that would really help people understand uh, and, and let people get a little bit more of why these guys are fighting, why they' you know what their motivations are, what their goals are like they do a very good job they do a very underrated job in New japan of laying all that stuff out with their talking we just don't Understand it at all. So, you know, we get like rough translations or whatever, and it, I don't know if that necessarily works quite as well as it should.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, and you're getting a fresh card here. The main event's never been done. The junior match has never been done. Uh, you're getting some new faces here. You're getting a gauntlet match, which we've never seen before. We're finally getting a two on two junior match. We haven't had Goto Shibata in forever. Uh, Tanahashi Naito doesn't feel worn out at all either. I know, I mean, we've obviously seen that match over the years, but I mean, you know, so yeah, they, they look. Uh, I I expect the show to be excellent. And here's the other thing too. And here's sort of where people are having a lot of fun. And you know what? People should have fun. You're going to have Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi in the same building. Okay? On the biggest show of the year. And if New Japan does have something up their sleeve or if Omega and Ibushi have had something up their sleeve all this time. And Ibushi has been very reluctant to commit himself to any company. And the way Omega's been – look, you know where I stand with this. Okay? Omega's way too smart to plant those seeds if there's not – if he doesn't plan on growing something later. Okay, I'm convinced that these two men are going to do something with each other, probably in New Japan. And uh, a lot of fun that people are having is they think that Kenny Omega could win this match. And then Kota Ibushi, unmasked, of course, uh, would come out and make the challenge. And Rich, how awesome of a scene would that be? In the middle of the Tokyo Dome, these two longtime partners slash rivals, seeds planted an invasion attack years ago. The AJ Styles Ibushi match where Kenny Omega, those great facial expressions, planting those seeds. It's like, wait a minute, why can't I be at this level? And then they're going nose-to-nose in the dome. It's a possibility. Um, I, you know, I, Is it likely? Probably not. I do think it's a possibility. My opinion, I don't know where you stand. I've been very uh, clear about this. I think Kenny Omega should win this match. I think the right booking move would be Kenny Omega wins the title. I agree. And the reason I believe, and I'll let you give your reason, is, man, they've really peaked this guy at the right time. I mean, he is red hot right now. They're doing this match. I think the the timing for this match has been perfect. I think the uh, Omega himself is peaking precisely at the right time. This was the right main event, too, by the way. This was the main event that they really built for from New Year Dash when Kenny Omega, uh, you know, he pinned Nakamura and turned on AJ Styles. From that moment forward, this had to be the main event of this show. So this is the right main event for the show absolutely the proper main event. And I think that they've, they've the way they've built Omega over the course of the year, he's peaking at just the right time. And I think winning the title on this show at Wrestle Kingdom is exactly what he needs to potentially push him over the top from a guy who has become a star. He became a star when he won that G1. But to push him into megastars, to put him on that Okada, Naito, Tanahashi level, I think if he wins this match, they could achieve that.
0: Yeah, I think you look at the build and you look at especially that World Tag League, that final right there where he beats down Okada and beats up Gato or whatever. Now, if you follow it up with Okada just kind of beating him, you really I really do think you lose a lot there. I think that you've you hit it right on the head that he has peaked at exactly the correct time. Like right now, you got it. You have something with this guy. He's red hot. He's got he's getting some genuine heat from the crowds. He's he's a guy that just everything has come together. And for him to not achieve it and for him to lose at this point would just really hurt it. And Okada loses nothing by losing this match. You know what I mean? Like he'll be right back in it. It's not that big of a deal. Nobody thinks less of Okada if he loses here. But this is a great moment to to, to really say, okay. Kenny Omega is a superstar. He is a, a force to be reckoned with and not just a flash in the pan. Because if he wins a G1 and loses here, then you have a, re- a real case. From I, I'm sure fans can make that case. It's, okay, I had a few, you know, hot little six-month run, but that, that's kind of it, whatever. You have him win, and it's like, you have to take notice now. This guy has arrived, he is here, and God damn it, he is our champion. And he just signed off Wrestle Kingdom as the champion. And you've made yourself a star. You know what I mean? Like You've made yourself a bona fide, no doubt, drawing star, and they need that more than ever. They need other guys other than Okada and other than Tanahashi and other than Naito right now. More than ever, they need a fourth guy. More than ever, they need to add guys to that crop To that drawing, I mean, you lose Nakamura, you lose Styles, you lose kind of those the the big five, you lose uh, Bushi for all intents and purposes. This is a time now to add another guy to that list, add another draw that you can then go to, and and just to freshen up that that upper card as well. Because if it's not, then then it's just Okada wins again, and then you know what's next for Okada? Like he's in another weird spot as well, where he's kind of already vanquished everybody now. Like it's just all the sense in the world is Kenny Omega wins here. I, I hope that he wins without nefarious means either and we've seen him do that sometimes too and I I, I love that visual as well when Omega kind of sends people away and says no 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 I want to do this or whatever. A lot of times he's lying and then like the young bucks are under the ring or some shit like that but I, still I like this idea of him sort of proving that I am great. You know I am Kenny Omega and I'm the man and you all need to Take notice of me that if, if even if I fuck around in tag matches when I want to win, I win and I'm the best in the goddamn world.
1: I'd be shocked if they do bullet club shenanigans in the main event of this show. I really would. I'd, yeah, I'd I would be too.
0: shocked. They'll figure out some way, they don't do that. They'll figure out some way to send them to the back or they'll try I mean, and someone will come for the save or something like that. I'd be, I'd be like shocked There's no if they way. even
1: yeah. tease it to be honest with you. But if they do, I think,
0: I think they'll tease in the first few minutes of the match and then have something quickly. thwarted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody will come out or, or red shoes. will kick them out to the back and then you'll never see them again. Maybe the to day.
1: establish, look, you do it in the first 10 minutes or five minutes to establish, look, it's not going to happen later. They're gone.
0: Right. Well Okada does that. Okada's really good at that too. Like he'll do that thing where he looks at you and does kind of the one on one thing or you know what I mean? He does it a lot of times. Like, yeah hey, you know what? Hey, let's let's just do it, you and I. Let's find out who's the better man. He's done it with Naito plenty of times as well. So I really like that visual. But yeah, I I I'm all in on Omega winning here. Yeah, I, think I think it's just the, absolutely the right move. Yeah,
1: I mean if you build the guy all year and your intent is to push him to the moon, which they're doing, you, you build him up all year. Go all the way with it. Have some guts. You know, it's like you said, this doesn't hurt Okada at all to lose. And uh, just go all the way with it and show some guts. I mean, they did it with Naito last year. You know, in in, uh, in February, I, it was a new beginning when he won the title from uh, Okada and then held yeah, it for a month, yeah. uh, lost it back like a month, whatever. Well, I, I forget exactly what shows they were, but it was the beginning of the year. Um, you know, and and they, they should do it here with uh, with Omega. You, you, look, go all the way with it. This is clearly a guy who's ready to explode. You got him to one level with the G1, get him to that. Ne- There's no guarantee he gets there, but it, this this is your best opportunity to attempt to get him to that level. Don't blow it. Because he's peaking now. Just do it. Pull the trigger. Have him win the match. If it's a great match, if it's like an awesome match like we think it's going to be, and he hits that one-winged angel and puts him away in the center of the ring, you just made yourself a star. You made yourself a drawing star. Yep. You know, you, you've done it. You know, For a guy – and look, it did, it's, it's, it's not like – you know, it, it's a guy who um, – there's not a ton of risk here. We know he can draw in Tokyo anyway at minimum. The question is can you get him over in the rest of the country? Because if you do Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi in Sumo Hall or or anywhere in Tokyo, okay, that match is going to draw. It's going to sell the place out. So, but the key is you put him over in a match like this, you get him over with everybody, and you create yourself another major drawing star to go along with your other three. So yeah, I I I'm all, I'm all in with the fact that I believe he he should win this match. I don't, but. I-
0: Oh, uh, sorry, but but one thing that I really liked that you said, and I, I kind of cut you off a little bit earlier when you were saying, because I wanted to get my point in. But um, as far as the rest of this card, it is a—it's a toss-up of almost every match. You know what I mean? And that's—that's that's cool. You don't get that that often. Like, you know, I, Cody and Juice Robinson, of course. we you know, Cody's going to win there. But the other stuff, like the O'Reilly, Adam Cole, I'm fascinated by that. I I don't know. (laughs) You know, if O'Reilly wins, you know, okay, wow, geez, okay, that that has ramifications well beyond just this match. That's cool. If Cole wins, you you know, there's ramifications there as well. Uh, Girls of Destiny, Great Past Shield. I could very easily see Great Past Shield winning that, but I could very easily see Girls of Destiny retaining. Uh, Kushida vs. Hiramu, you know, that same thing. You know, that could go either way. Uh, Shibata Goto, I tend to think that Shibata should win here, but... You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Goto wins, and they kind of have a little mini feud that ends up with Shibata, you know, winning the title back from him. Uh, Tanahashi, Naito, again, like I, I, I think Naito probably should win that one, but I, it's not going to shock me in in the least if Tanahashi wins that. Would it? I mean, I don't think no, you should not be at that all. Either. Tanahashi could yeah. win that
1: match. I, Absolutely. I, there's, yeah, I mean,
0: and he very well might. I mean, there might be a better chance of winning then. You know, Knight's are winning here. That, that's that's fine. It builds up to a future thing as well. People are gonna go nuts for it, but that's fine. You, they want you to go nuts. They want you to to want you know Knight's to get his revenge. That's part of the angle. But yeah, I could absolutely see that. So that, that I mean, that's all the business end of the card is is you can make a justification if you sat here and argued with me about every single one of these matches. We could pick different sides, and we'd both be justified in in, in picking those. Every one of those top five matches there's, or top six. There's rather. two
1: matches on the entire card where I know who's winning. Tiger Mask. Yeah, w, Cody. Juice. And Cody.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And and look, I think Cole's – look, here's the deal. Look, I, we can say this much. Kyle O'Reilly's contract with Ring of Honor is up on the 31st of December, four days before this show. And as of we're speaking, he has not re-signed with Ring of Honor. That's why I say Cole is the favorite to win this match because the man is not under contract. He, he, could, he could enter this match as the company's champion and not be under contract to them. So um, that much I can say because that's pretty well known, you know, well, you know, it's like we can't get in trouble for saying he's the he as far as I know, he hasn't resigned to Ring of Honor. That's why I think, uh, you know, Cole will win. But if he resigns with the Ring of Honor between now and then, and, you know, that's what you're saying. Like, because then Cole's contract is up in the spring. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's that, you know, so we have to see how the contracts situation shake up. So, you know, with that one, but yeah. So to me, look, I think it's a stacked card, and I think it's an interesting card because we don't know who's going to win these matches. And I think there's there's a bunch of matches here that can be really great. But yeah, we will have, that was pretty extensive, but we will yeah, have but a we're more extensive for preview it, yeah. where we'll <laughs> break down every single match in excruciating detail at some point. Um, but I guess we're going to stick with New Japan because Kidani uh, did some talking to the media this week. And look, we hinted about it months ago. But Kidani brought it up finally himself where he said that uh, they are planning or at least trying to plan running some New Japan shows independent of Ring of Honor, just straight up New Japan shows in the United States in 2017. Now, the rumor that we had heard months ago and that we had talked about on this show, uh, both sort of hinting at and maybe even directly saying a couple weeks after, I don't remember – because look, I don't like to say things directly anymore because fuck Reddit. I, you know, you get one thing wrong and they're all over you, and it, they don't remember any <laughs> of the stuff you get right. I, you, Rich, we can get nine things right, and no one's starting to thread. You get one. That's
0: the game. You get. Yeah, that's you, the game, you, though. Yeah, you know that. You know. Yeah, that. Look, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do.
1: Which is yeah. Rich. Which is why I don't tell anybody anything anymore. <laughs> right. So fuck it. Now you don't get anything. Now I just lurk in the fucking shadows, and I drop a little hints. And if you could read between my lines, you'll pick up on it. But I, I don't come on here and tell people anything anymore. Okay. I'm just not going to do it. But, you know, months ago, the, the, what we had heard was New Japan wanted to run the first couple of nights or the first few nights of G1 in Los Angeles. And, and you know, now this comes out. And there, there's also talk that – now, Kadani didn't say this, but this is stuff that we've heard uh, from, from similar sources that they want to reopen the uh, Los Angeles dojo. So then it all kind of came together in my mind. I'm like, all right, well, if they want to reopen the L.A. dojo – it would make sense to sort of make L.A. their American base and run the G1 shows in L.A. So the two rumors kind of made sense in conjunction with each other. Sure. And then Kadani came out and said that they're planning on running shows in the United States. OK, all three of those things now kind of work uh, in lockstep with each other. The other thing is L.A. makes sense as a home base just from a travel perspective. It- exactly.
0: That's, that's right. what I wanted to point out because there were a lot of people that were, oh, why not New York? Why not Philly? Why not – You know, these are better markets for – these people know New Japan a little bit better than Los Angeles. Dude, these, these guys are going to be flying here, doing these shows and flying back and working in Japan during a grueling-ass schedule. They need to be as close as possible to their home base. And there's nowhere closer than Los Angeles for America.
1: Right. It's and and it's a non-stop flight for one. They can get non-stop flights, you know, if they're working in Chicago or whatever, they got layovers and everything else.
0: Then it takes You know, actually, you know what? I'd be fine. You know, actually, fuck that. No, they should have all the G1s in Chicago. You're right. So I never thought I, of that. The it. Rosemont Horizon. You're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: you know uh, what? I didn't think of that. No. Yeah, they, you know what? Fuck LA. They should have them all in Chicago. You're right.
1: You know, but you, yeah, you then you're talking about 20-hour flights in this Yeah,
0: let me let me get. I will look up some non-stop flights here. I'll I'll, I'll email Kadani. You know we have Kadani on on I was going to say speed dial but nobody has speed dial anymore what would you what's the modern uh
1: oh you're gonna get out your rolodex and give
0: them <laughs> i was gonna say what's the modern thing for like he we have them in quick communication like quicker than like i find them in my contacts
1: well isn't, i don't isn't know why it's, i'm asking isn't you it of all still people, called but... speed dial like uh, you're, i in your don't cell think phone? so
0: no because speed dial was like when you had like the phone and you would hit like two and it would go to like your mom you, you know what like I mean?
1: asterisk like... two right
0: <laughs> right right like i don't that doesn't happen anymore like i guess everybody's the easiest you could just go and do it on the contacts but we're always in contact with Kidani, so I'll find these uh, nonstop flights. Well, he hasn't and, uh... sent
1: our check this month, so we uh, it's to... been
0: a light month. Yeah, we, have to... we, we we really put over this Wrestle Kingdom show, so we should definitely be. Getting
1: uh, it, he should double uh, the check this month. I would think <laughs> I really should.
0: So I... It's on uh, NewJapanWorld.com, by the way. You can uh, subscribe and, and see that. Also, it's on going to be on Access too. Four weeks on Access.
1: Uh, that's right. We didn't even mention that. So they're going to spread that over four weeks. I mean, you know,
0: I... starting quick too. I mean, that that's not easy too. They're going to translate all that shit. That's going to be a lot of work to get that out there. But yeah, it's starting. Uh, I think what well, January 11th is the first Access show, which is. Uh, because usually they're on like a five-month delay because they have to wait for the World Pro Wrestling shows to come. See,
1: now my question is, since they're airing new the uh, Wrestle Kingdom shows in real time, are they now just going to skip the seven months that they're behind and run on a regular – on like? I have no idea. Because yeah. if they, that would be – look, I, I don't watch those shows because they're so old. If they were the World Pro Wrestling shows that air the same week in Japan, I would watch them for the reasons you said before to check out the promos. You know what I mean, because they'd be up to date, and you'd be, and that would be great if they would finally catch up. And if they're going to run, you know, shows in the United States, it would help if their TV was current. So I'm wondering if it's sort of like, but but I'm sure that they've taped all of those old shows with Barnett and Ross, so.
0: Right. Right. That's that's because the production cycle is is way behind. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something where maybe they've been planning this all
1: along and they haven't. them. I don't know. But it would be it would be nice if they just use this as a natural point to just catch up with real time and not be so far behind. Uh, But as far as the uh, U.S. shows go, I think that um, look, I can't break down, assess and analyze whether running some G1 shows in Los Angeles is a mistake or not without having more details. First of all, we have no idea if they're going to run the G1 shows in Los Angeles. We don't know that they're going to – we personally heard that they were G1 shows. Kidani said nothing about G1. He just said he wants to run shows in the United States. Uh, Mike Johnson came out with a report confirming our report, without naming us by name, of course, that, uh, that they were going that, – that the plan was indeed to try to run some G1 shows in, in Long Beach, California, which is essentially L.A., same yeah, same right. market. But then we had someone tell us that Mike Johnson got bad information. I don't know if he's retracted it. He doesn't tend to retract things when he's wrong, so I don't know. Uh, but or I don't, you know. But <laughs> well, am I? Am, am I? Speaking? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. speaking at all, out of school,
0: so you are not.
1: But I mean, you know, I, look, he breaks plenty of stories, but he, he you know, he gets things wrong from time to time, and he never credits anybody. You know, it's the we know why he dug deep and looked for that story because we talked about it on our Twitter feed. When Kadani gave his comments. Our, my, that made the rounds when I said, hey, look, I, I heard they're running G1 in, in L.A. Our listeners have known that for months. Obviously, people sent that to Mike Johnson and asked him about it. And then he dug in. So, But, but you know, it's like he always plays that game. People have asked me about. So, you know what I mean? Instead of just saying, "Voices is a wrestling set. You know what I mean? He does that to Dave Meltzer all the time, too. It's like it, – it, it, It's not a big deal, but it does.
0: Yeah, sources tell me. Not even (laughs) say he'll
1: be like, oh, people have asked me about this report. And it's clearly something Dave said. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, but anyway.
0: By the way, I got a uh, $4,000 ticket here uh, one way (laughs) from nonstop uh, from Japan to uh, Chicago. Which is
1: exactly why they run in LA.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) 4,000. If they don't want to sit in Shanghai for like eight hours, then they got to. And also, less of
1: a time zone difference if they're airing these things live back home. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a million reasons why LA makes the most sense, um, you know. And it's like, in my, but getting back to my original point, if 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 they are going to run G1 shows in LA, I cannot break down and analyze this until I know more details. Okay. First of all, it doesn't mean you have to bring the whole crew over. Maybe it's just one block, right? Maybe it's both blocks, but it's only you know two or you know two matches from each block. Maybe they're not full G1 shows. Uh, maybe they're not burning. Let's say they run three G one shows in LA, right? Rich. See, just follow me here. Yeah. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, why would you, you can't burn three G one shows in the U S where they won't draw because those are the biggest shows of the year in Japan. You got to, okay, but here's the thing. They ran 19 G one shows last year in Japan, right? What if they run three G one shows in the United States and they still run all 19 in Japan? What's lost? You see what I mean? We don't know the details, this isn't necessarily cannibalizing the Japanese G1 shows. Who says they can't expand it? Who says they can't – who says they're going to run full-on, full-blown? You're getting a full block one night. You're getting a full block the next night, and you're getting a full block the third night, and then they're going – who says? Maybe it's only a couple of – we don't know how they're structuring this. We don't know – and then the other thing, oh, it's too much travel for the crew. Number one, we don't know if they plan on bringing the whole crew over. Maybe they're only going to bring over the people who they think are going to draw. Maybe you're not going to get your random Toru, Yano, Togi, Makabe matches, and you're only going to get you know, matches that, you know, with, with the big-time players. Uh, here's the other thing. It's really not this major – they're not going to – maybe they won't fly back to Japan and wrestle the next day. Let's say they do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday in L.A. They fly home on Sunday morning. They sit in Tokyo for four days, and then they get restarted and back on the horse Friday in Cork and Hall. That's, pl- that's four days to rest. We don't know how it's structured. And it's impossible to sit here and criticize it, praise it, criticize it or praise it without knowing the details. We have to know what they're planning on doing before I can sit down and say, okay, I think this is a mistake or I think this is a great move.
0: Yeah, and it was one uh, one John Carroll on our – uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. ahead.
1: Go ahead. And the, only, and the last thing I wanted to say was – the only thing that I do think is smart is that it, if it is G1 shows, that's the play. That is what you have to do. Run G- You have to put your best foot forward if you're going to run shows in the United States. And you're not going to burn any of your major shows. So what's the next best thing? Give the Americans the G1 if you want to draw. You can't give them a bunch of six-man tags and, an, and, and a never title match. That's not – no. Give them G1 shows. Excite people. Rich, what did our mentions look like when we tweeted that out? People telling us they're going to fly to L.A. Look, I don't know if they're going to draw or not, but I know it, it excited people to, to think, oh my god, I'm going to get the G1 in America? So that, to me, it's, the best move is putting your best foot forward, and if you're going to do this, go big. Go all the way with it and make them G1 shows.
0: Uh, what was I was going to say is, um, John Carroll on our, our Slack chat, he does, uh, he's co- the host of the Open the Voice Gate uh, podcast, and, and, and a big anime guy, and, and has done anime conferences and all that sort of stuff. He told us that, you know, he's kind of saying this is an interesting thing that, uh, there's a big-time anime conference. I forgot which one it is exactly. I believe it's just the Anime Expo, if i remember correctly, which I think was one of the the first ones to kind of be one of those sort of expos, one of those Comic-Con anime-style expos. They're running in Los Angeles in July. Like early, it's early July, so you know, again, like you look at it and go, is oh, I don't know if July 1st to the 4th is when you want to start the G1, but he said that that, that could possibly be something too that they're looking at uh, of blending it with you know an anime conference. That'd be a great idea to blend it with something where a lot of people are coming to Los Angeles for a reason, and and you can't think of anything better than like an anime conference or a comic you know what i mean like you you hands out some flyers during that and you say hey japanese wrestling is going to be in america during the anime conference at you know right in the next like that's really cool stuff so there's a lot of stuff that they can do here we don't know all the details yet so it's impossible to know if this is a good idea or a bad idea but maybe they could have thought that too they could have said hey what we're gonna do is access is going to start running relatively new stuff we're going to promote the hell out of that and have people watching on access we're going to run you know down the block from an anime conference and we're going to give you g1s like and we're only going to send the top guys over and we're going to promote the fuck out of it. Like, you know, we can't right now say, oh, geez, well, that's not going to work. I don't know. I mean, there's so many other factors that could play into this. And they don't do stuff that's, I mean, yeah, you look at your run-of-the-mill indie and, and they do some stupid stuff here. New Japan is a big-time company. It's a public, they're not going to do just silly, they're not just shooting from the hip going, Oh yeah, fuck it, let's go to America, see what the hell happens. Like, they got this plan, right? If there's even an idea of them doing this. Kadani is a very smart man. The guy knows what he's doing. He's not just going to go there to blow money.
1: Kadani, if anything, is over ambitious. If he's going to do right. this, I, 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 I think G one is even if it bombs, at least you put your best foot forward, right? I mean, yeah, oh, yeah he's not going to have facet. I
0: mean, he's, he's really just not going to. And, and that's, uh, again, another thing, too. We don't know what the building is. We don't know.
1: We what don't, n- the we don't building. know nearly enough maybe details. The, maybe
0: the, the people that run the building said, hey, fuck it, just come here for free. We don't care, do whatever. You know, in that case, there's so many other things that could play into this. But I really do think looking at Kadani's history, this is not a guy who just shoots in the hip and just does wild stuff. The guy knows what he's doing. He's a very smart, shrewd businessman, and he's very ambitious, and he wants stuff to, to work. He doesn't just want to do it to do it and say, hey, look what I did. He wants it to work.
1: If, l- you listen, know, so. listen, if they run Staples Center with a never match on top and Hiroshi Tanahashi and an eight-man tag and it draws 1,500 people, <laughs> right? You know, that's a disaster. If they run a 2,000-seat building and run a scaled-down G1 show or even a full-on G1 show and it doesn't cannibalize anything they're doing in Japan – look. If they look, some of these G1 tour stops are run in two to 3,000 seat buildings, right? And they fill them up or whatever in, 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 in some of these towns. If they run that show and they do it in LA instead and they draw the same two, you know, they draw 2,000 people and they, it's helping them expand in a new market, I mean, then, then I will praise it. Um, I, I need to know the details. Uh, I need to know. It's impossible to evaluate it now. It really is. We, we just we need to know more. But we know the wheels are in motion. He said flat out that they're planning something in the United States. The interesting if you want to go a little deeper on this story, Rich, we did a show several months ago when Ring of Honor fired George Carroll. Do you remember that?
0: Yes. Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, people actually cut that show up and put it on YouTube and that show is very relevant today because uh, a major theme of that show that we did was that Ring of Honor should watch their back because uh, again months ago we talked about this it's no secret to our listeners Rich no one listens to us Rich we told all of our listeners that New Japan was planning doing things in the United States next year and that Ring of Honor better watch their back and they could be getting played here. Well, this all ties together now. And people really should go back and listen to that segment cuz it's very relevant today. George Carroll was fired from Ring of Honor, okay? And from and this is this look. This was on MLW radio. I'm not speaking out of school here. The word from those guys on MLW radio is that George Carroll is now working with New Japan, helping them with these United States dates and trying to help integrate these New Japan shows into the United States. So a jilted Ring of Honor employee now. Okay? is now helping New Japan uh, uh, cement themselves in the U.S. to to help them run show. And one of George Carroll's responsibilities, if you recall, Rich, was travel liaison. Yes, yeah. (laughs) This is right up his alley. And New Japan has taken this, this employee that Ring of Honor tossed aside amongst their politics. He got caught in the political shuffle, lost his job at Ring of Honor, and now he's working for New Japan. According to m to the MLW guys, and
0: that's what I'm saying. That's why they're not they're not run by the seat of the pants. I mean, th- this is a this is a real th- this operation is not a joke. You know what I mean? Like they're not just doing this to do it. Hey, that'd be cool if we ran in America. Hiring him, reaching out to him, that's smart. They know what they're doing. They absolutely know what they're doing. Getting in America,
1: and, and you know, it's it's they're
0: not going to half ass this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and again, I can't tell you if it's going to work or not work until I have more details. But I but look. Kadani's is an aggressive guy he wants to expand his business i mean he's do he's do rolling out this kickboxing thing in japan where you know the emphasis is to use good looking dudes and draw women which has been sort of uh the emphasis that they've put in look new can't a particular kind of wrestler i mean they like this matinee idol look a guy like sonata was you know right up their alley and that's why i think they're gonna push a guy like sonata and you know he's doing the same thing he's trying to expand wrestling's audience to include yeah. women and in all these other things and okada's not allowed to have a girlfriend because you know yeah, he's you know, not an I, eligible bachelor. It's, it's yeah. like Menudo, at least not publicly, right? Like <laughs> right, exactly, you know, right. You know, it's like, you know, the old boy band thing where it's like never talk about your girlfriend. You know, make them think you're accessible. Like he's using these old school tactics, you know, and and, and you know, they've got this roster made up of good looking guys and he's and he flat out said he's gonna do the same thing with the kickboxing. And, uh, you know, and this is a guy who talked about running dome tours a couple years ago, and we laughed him off of the show. They can't fill one dome, and he's talking about running dome tours. I mean, this is an aggressive dude. So he's not going to come to the United States and run six-man tags. You know, it's not – this isn't going to be like when Jersey All-Pro brought New Japan here and, you know, <laughs> right. and, and, you know and, and it bombed badly. Oh, by the way, in the markets that everyone's screaming that they should run, they ran Philly and New York. You know, and it and it bombed, and it put Jersey All Pro out of business for for five years. You know, and, and so I mean, you know, it, I think LA makes the most sense. Honestly, I you know, and it seems like you agree, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the story with that. I mean, look, long keep time, your eye out. Yeah, it's going to be time interesting. Time, listeners to this show, this is where you get rewarded. I mean, you know, we we drop these hints and tell you this stuff. You know, months before it breaks. I didn't listen. I'm not one to pat myself on the back, Rich.
0: No, never, Joe. No, never.
1: but we should pat ourselves on the back here. You know, our our savvy listeners were up on this stuff. And if they were listening carefully, they knew about ACH2 months ago. I want to talk
0: a little bit about the Tokyo Sports Award before we uh, talk about uh, Joe and, and, and Nakamura. Um, the, the results came out this week for the Tokyo Sports Award, which is always kind of fun to kind of look at their um, – I, I get they're they're kayfabe, but they're like they're well voted on. You know what I mean? Like they're not like a complete joke of awards. Like a lot of the ones that they do, a lot of the matches of the years, teams of the years, it's a deep you know, I usually don't disagree with it all that much. What are your thoughts on the Tokyo Sports Award? Because, like, you know, in in America, if we had something like this, it would just be awful. It'd be terrible. But I really do like these. They usually nail pretty much everybody that I, I think they should.
1: This year, I think they did a decent job. Here's the thing with the Tokyo Sports Awards they're very political. So they like right. to spread the wealth. You know what I mean? So, like, if, 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 if I don't know, um, You know, back when there were more prominent promoters, like if a Noah wrestler were to win, you know, the top prize, they would try to spread out the others among the other companies. You know, it's political in that way where they do try to spread the wealth. They don't let one company dominate all the awards. So sometimes, because of that, you get some eh, some head scratchers or whatnot. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, I don't take them super seriously, but they're fun to look at, and they they are voted on, and I think for the most part. I mean, you could have some minor gripes this year, but for the most part, they did an okay job. I don't really have an issue with the with the job they did.
0: Yeah, the most valuable player in Japanese wrestling uh, was Tetsuya Naito. Uh, I have no real big disagreement there. One of the biggest merchandise sellers in Japan, obviously the leader of the Los Carbonables. Just had a great year in New Japan as well. I have no issues with him. I think there's plenty of guys that you could have named as well. But, I, you know, Naito, I, I got no beef with that, of him being the MVP. Uh, of Japanese wrestling. Uh, not a problem with me. Right. I don't
1: have a problem if he wins the Flair Thez. I mean, yeah. he's a contender for the Flair Thez. He's a contender for this. And yeah, he's a very worthy winner. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okada and Mirafuji from the first day of G1, 7 uh, 18, won the match of the year. And uh, you know what? Hey, <laughs> it's hard to describe That was a fucking awesome that match. That was a so. great
1: match. I mean, do I think that was the best match in Japan last year? I do not. Um, do I have a problem with it winning this? I'm not even sure it was better than their title match that they had a few months ago. But I loved it. I did think it was a great match. Look, As long as a great match wins, I don't. How can I have a gripe? This people's opinions, right? If it was some wacky tag match with legends, which happens sometimes, that's when you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, uh, you know. But this was a great match. I have no problem with it. And again, it's political. If they weren't listen, this is what I'm talking about. If Okada would have won the top prize, a Naito match probably would have won match of the year. You know what I mean? It's like that's kind of how they do things. I don't have a problem with it though. It was a great match, so I'm fine with it.
0: Uh, tag Team of the Year was Okabayashi and Sakamoto I have absolutely zero issues with that Powerhouse team from of course Big Japan All Japan, uh, they had a fantastic year Perfect pick for this, I have absolutely zero Argument with them Listen, tag team listen of the year.
1: they probably were the best tag team in Japan This year, I wouldn't have a problem if they won The Observer Tag Team of the Year uh, You know, but they also Try to give at least one or two awards To some of the, the, the indie groups um, So this was a, the perfect spot to do it Because they legitimately probably deserve this anyway
0: Ah uh, Kento Miyahara won the Distinguished Service
1: Award, okay, so this is kind of like <laughs> the runner up to the award that Naito got, where it's like yes, all right, yeah. this one in like the fighting spirit, you know it's like the guys that kind of got screwed out of it, and this was a good chance again politically to shoehorn an all Japan guy in there, and Miyahara has had a tremendous year, and he deserves some recognition again, they've did a good job this year.
0: Nakajima is your fighting spirit award winner,
1: same thing, you know, this was yeah. their chance to get a NOAA guy in. And they did. And, you know, uh, Nakajima certainly synonymous with fighting spirit. I have no problem with that at all.
0: The best technique of the year was Kenny Omega.
1: Right. So Omega didn't get in there anywhere and he had a big year.
0: <laughs> so he's the best. Technique. So they
1: give him the best technique, which, again, not best technician, just best technique. When, he's got good technique. Yeah. When you look at those three awards, though, they kind of gave each guy the right one based on the name of the award. Right. It's like Miyahara's got this company on his back, so he gets the Distinguished Service Award. Nakajima's known for his fighting spirit, and he fought. Yeah, off no, that's run. why I like these
0: awards because they're cool. The, the awards always fit with the guys. You just feel like those guys should win those awards. I, I, I often think that with these awards too. They just they nail the titles of the awards so much with the wrestler that do, does end up winning them. So. Yeah. Chihiro uh, Hashimoto is your Rookie of the Year. She's from the Sendai Girls promotion. So again, a little bit of a political thing, but she has every case to do it because she has been the top star of that company, a, a, just an explosion on the Joshi sheen, uh, scene. So for people that are into Joshi, I mean, she's, a, she's a, a real contender for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame Award too, if you really follow that. If you follow that, it's, it's, it's no doubt In
1: a world where Matt Riddle doesn't exist, she'd be a contender for the Rookie of the Year for sure. I mean, Riddle's obviously going to run away with it. So yeah, oh, yeah, So for her to win it, you know, in Tokyo Sports Awards, no issue. Again, they really got it right this year. I have no issue with any of these.
0: Uh, Lil Shirai uh, was your Women's Wrestler of the Year. So uh, she held, up, of course, the World of Stardom title and all that stuff. Io Shirai. Uh, no argument there either. Awesome Women's Wrestler. Io well.
1: Shirai, my friend.
0: Io Shirai. I said Io Shirai. I think
1: you said low the first time.
0: No, I think I said Io. Did I? Uh, well, did I say low?
1: I don't know. Uh but oh. Might, I don't know. I, I, I say low all the time, too. I, I always read. I think that. I said EO.
0: But maybe I, maybe I was because I was reading as I was speaking. So maybe I said, but I thought I said EO. But anyway. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, again, you know, uh, generally considered the best female wrestler in the country. So where's the gripe?
0: No, no gripe at all. And then lifetime achievement award, uh, perfect person to give it to Hayabusa, who of course died uh, in March. Uh, gets the lifetime achievement award. So I can't really m- I can't it.
1: complain about any of these. I mean, if you want to sit there and nitpick and try to pick a different match a year or something, I mean, <laughs> all more power to you. But um...
0: there's not one of those where you go ah, you know what I mean? And, that's, and there's that's usually love one or so two that stuff.
1: are. There's, yeah, there's... yeah.
0: This year, they, I think they really nailed it. I mean, there's really every single one of those. I go, yeah, all right, <laughs> that works. Yeah, you know that's. Mm-hmm. So it works there. All right. Uh, let's move on to some other stuff here. Uh, real back under the line we're going to do, of course, at the end of the line. So I don't want to uh, do that quite yet. But I wanted to talk about NXT, specifically the Samoa Joe Shinsuke Nakamura. So the past two weeks on NXT uh, television, they had uh, an, a, a match in Osaka uh, taped that, that aired uh, last week on NXT. And then the, this week, as we're recording, we're recording this on a Thursday, uh, they aired the cage match from Melbourne, Australia between Joe and Nakamura. So you had kind of back-to-back weeks of Joe and Nakamura. You, of course, have that with the Toronto show. And effectively, the end of the feud, right? If you watch that cage match, it's that that's it, right? There's no way you come back from that.
1: No, this was a definitive feud ender um, for sure. And that's one of the things that I've liked a lot about it. But I'll let you give your take on the match and I guess the feud overall because I think we're going to have a little uh, different opinions. So, uh, we are.
0: Yeah, no, I thought so, – so I watched both the matches today, uh, just to kind of catch up a little bit on, on NXT TV. And I thought the cage match I enjoyed – it was very. Sh- it was short, but it was obviously clipped, and that was something that we heard that it, that was a very clipped show. I don't know why they decided to show that, and then also show like four matches on NXT TV. I would have given that match a little bit more time. Maybe it was clipped for a reason. I don't know. But either way, that you know, it seemed all too short from that standpoint. But knowing that it's clipped, I kind of had to think of it from a different standpoint than, than simply you know uh, that I was watching the full match because I wasn't. But you know, I, the issues that I had with the matches, it just never seemed to really get going. It was it, it and that's kind of been this entire feud for me is it was solid story. Telling uh, this match, I thought was kind of a classic style match. It, it's it, it was slow, methodical. It was two guys kind of working each other over, uh, it, but it never really reached this this fever pitch that I kind of i maybe unfairly I kind of expected it to get to. I did it though. Think the ending was incredible because what what happens if for people that haven't seen this Nakamura has Joe down. He's done. Joe's not moving. Nakamura takes kind of one foot out of the cage because they do you know the WWE escape the cage rules. And then looks and goes, no, 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 and slams the door behind him and then hits another, you know, Kinshasa on on, on Nakamura and then pins him. And that, to me, was an awesome, awesome, awesome finish. Because that is, the, so often with these WWE cage matches, and we talk about it all the time, and classic you know, wrestling fans talk about it all the time, the WWF cage match and, and, and why they had the escape the cage rules and all that sort of stuff was for Bruno to you know, beat the hell out of a guy and then walk out and just prove I am so much better than you and you're garbage and get out of my ring or whatever. But then we kind of got this period where for the last 20 years it's been a race to get out of the cage. Hey, I'm climbing, now you're climbing, now I'm grabbing your feet as you're trying to get out. And that shit doesn't work. It's stupid. It makes no sense that you would want to do that. It's all about winning there. It's about, you know, a definitive win inside of a cage, and that's what you want out of a cage match. This was that. Nakamura had the chance to leave, you know, in classic Bruno style, but kind of took it on a different level and said, "No, no, no, I'm going to pin this guy in the middle of the ring in this cage and prove that I am better and put him completely in my review. view. And he did that here, and I really loved that finish. I thought it was a great cap to what has been a, a, a solid feud But a few that's really disappointed me with a lot of matches that have really disappointed me as well. So I'll let you kind of uh, give your end as well. I thought the Osaka match was not very good at all. So I really have nothing else to add to that. I just thought real lifeless. Just that match did nothing for me. I thought the cage was was far better than the Osaka match.
1: Yeah, I echo your thoughts on the finish of the cage match. Perfect ending.
0: I would have hated if he just walked out. You know what I mean? And and the
1: fact that they that they teased him walking out. I mean, he just put it, and that was this. That was the final death blow to Samoa Joe and this feud. Nakamura won three out of the four matches. He won the fourth as definitively as you can win a match. And that's it. And we move on. And to me, no, it wasn't any kind of great match. And yeah, from what we were told by people who were there, they clipped about seven or eight minutes off of it. It was a good match. Here's, to me, the Samoa Joe-Nakamura feud was a great feud that did not have a great match. And you know what? I'm okay with that. See, I'm not. It's, I'm really not. Okay, though. but let me let me tell you why, yeah, ahead, and then you ahead. can counter go ahead. it. Yeah, I think that um, it had all of the elements of a great feud, and it had all of the moments that you want out of a great feud. It had the great Samoa Joe promos. It had the great Samoa Joe angles. It had uh, it it it, it, it showed us a different side of Nakamura once Samoa Joe injured his neck, and then Nakamura came back and destroyed all those uh, security guys in the ring. It had uh. Very memorable finishes. I thought the takeover finish, which I raved about a couple of weeks ago, was tremendous. Where Joe gives him the low blow, uh, you know, hits him on the ring steps and then beats him clean in the middle with the muscle buster. It had the great finish to this cage match. It had all the great moments that you want out of a great feud. I thought it had all the intensity of a great feud. It just didn't have the one great match. Is that disappointing? Yes, absolutely. I wish it had one great match. And really, it only would have taken one great match to make me happy. I can live with one great match and three good matches. Or one great match and two good matches and a decent match. As long as you give me the great match at some point that I can look back on when I think about the feud, I'm okay with that. And I did like the TakeOver match better than other people, Okay, to be fair. But I'm going with consensus here. Okay, So I get it. They didn't have the great match. And here's why I think that's okay. I, I, it didn't hurt my enjoyment of the feud just because they didn't have the great match. I think that sometimes, and it's going to sound weird coming from us because we are the ones that always emphasize great matches. I think we get a little too wrapped up in that sometimes. If the matches were bad, if the matches were eh, yeah, it would bot. But the matches to me were all good. They were all three and a quarter floor. And I thought the TakeOver match was four. It was four and a quarter as the best match of the four. You know, it's like you think of great feuds in history. Not all of them had these, you know, tremendous. Like, what would give me the great Hulk Hogan Paul Orndorff match? There wasn't one, but the feud was good. The angle to set up the feud was good. Uh, the execution was good. They had the memorable match in Toronto. They had the memorable angle on the syndicated TV where where Hogan could not believe that his friend Paul Orndorff was turning on him. And it's like I think sometimes. We tend to get a little too wrapped up in match quality, and then we miss the forest through the trees because I think that this feud did have everything else in spades. I thought Samoa Joe was awesome in this feud, his character work, his promos, his angles. Beating up Dan Matha. that's one of my favorite angles. They built up Dan Matha for three weeks on TV, right? Which was nothing but a setup for Samoa Joe to go in there and kick his ass. I mean, that was, that was so creative and such a nice touch, you know? And it's like, so I, I, I enjoyed every element of this feud. I think the only thing it didn't give me is a great match. So I think it's the greatest feud of all time. No, you got to have great matches to give me that. But I think it had all of the other elements. My
0: disappointment comes from the standpoint of, do we want just like, I don't know that if in my NXT, I just want a solid feud with like, okay, Matt, you know, cause I didn't like the matches quite as much as you did, but let, let's say that let's kind of go in between, let's say somewhere between you and I, let's say, but I was, I said they were okay. I didn't think they were bad, I Thought they were okay. You thought they were good. Is that fair to say? I
1: thought, um, the, I really, 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 I thought the takeover match was, was, was a shade below match at a year level. And I thought the others were all fine. Three and a quarter.
0: Okay, well, I I I'm definitely lower on you than pretty much every one of those matches. Uh, a lot of the takeover one too, but let's let's just go with that assumption. Okay, I think all the matches were fine. That's it. I don't know that I want that in NXT. I've come to kind of expect, and maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe I need to adjust what I think NXT is. To me, NXT I think is a blend of very simple, to the point, well done stories, which they absolutely nailed with this Joe Nakamura. Absolutely nailed. I agree that the feud has been told. It's been a great you know, simple storytelling feud here. But for me, NXT is always the blend of those two. NXT has to be, for me, and that's how I've always expected, and I think that's what made it a phenomenon when it became this phenomenon a few years ago, was the blend of these awesome, simple stories. But then the matches, the big-time main event matches, the big matches were always very good. They always stood out as being no doubt very good you you end with that match and you go, wow, that was a great match. You didn't get that with these Joe Nakamura matches, though. You had to take a run, which you really liked. A lot of people didn't like. They, they were very divisive. Like They, they were matches that I, you either, I, I saw a lot of people enjoyed them, a lot of people hated them, but there wasn't this consensus that that was good. That used to be that with those NXT. They would blow off an awesome feud with an, a spectacular match, and everybody said, okay, they did the feud. they nailed the feud. It was a great, simple feud, and then they nailed the matches as well. These they haven't done that, and I don't know if that's anybody. Anybody? I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming Joe, and I'm not blaming Nakamura because they kind of they did their thing. Like I, I, I don't blame them at all. But I think I I don't know if NXT loses sight of what it it, it's meant to be if it's just simple stories with okay matches blowing the feuds off, or 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 fine matches blowing the feuds off. I think the NXT becomes what it is because you have those spectacular matches, and I think it suffers if the matches at the end of the tunnel are just going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean. The matches didn't deliver at the level that I think people expected, considering who was involved. And to the previous level of NXT teammate events. I I Right.
0: And maybe we have to adjust. And maybe we just have to adjust what NXC is now. And looking at the roster, I think we do have to because like Bobby Roode's your next feud and trust me <laughs> Hot take here, but Bobby Roode is not going to have an incredible match with Nakamura. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: I, we do need to adjust. Like, and I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I, but we might have to adjust what we think of NXT as being now.
1: And you look, you're not going to get a feud of this caliber with Bobby feud with Bobby Roode either. That's the thing. I mean, Samoa Joe's intensity um, really added so much to this. I mean, more so than Nakamura. I really think Samoa Joe carried this feud from a lot of different perspectives. I mean. I thought his character work, obviously, his promos, his intensity, and the little things that he did in the matches, too. I mean, especially that second TakeOver match, which, I, I again, I really love that match. I thought that was the best by far of the feud, and I thought the uh, NXT TV match last week was the worst. I thought that was kind of just a match. You know what I mean? Um, the cage match, we didn't see the whole thing, but I thought the finish was so good uh, that, that it took it up to another level, and the first TakeOver match was what it was. But, I mean, I I, I thought Joe really carried things. I'm not confident Bobby Roode can. I I I'm not a Bobby Roode guy. You are not a Bobby Roode guy. I think he's nothing but an entrance song. Um and and it's gonna you know Nakamura is gonna have to step up in that situation I think. And this leads me back to what we talked about earlier. I mean Nakamura has not shown any inclination to stepping up, other than very intelligently when he was making his first impression, which you alluded to earlier on the show. The Zayn match was really the only match where we saw the classic big match Nakamura, the, the Nakamura that won wrestler of the year, um, you know, because he figured he had to make the big first impression in the big building WrestleMania weekend, you know, still the-
0: going back and rewatching that. I, I rewatched that about a, a two weeks ago. Cause I like to go do it through, go through all my match of the year. I have like, you know, my list of 15 and I kind of go through, I I I should not have watched that because then watching that and then watching these, I was like, Oh man, like, You can do this. You can do, you could be great, but I get it. He doesn't really need to like, I, you know, he doesn't need to be great. It's not that he's
1: been bad. The matches aren't bad. Like his performances aren't bad. But he doesn't. He hasn't taken it to that next level. He hasn't taken it right. to that coat, like the Kota Abushi matches where he went to the next level. Uh, and I
0: think that NXT needs that. And I think NXT prides itself on that. And that's what kind of worries me about whatever NXT is becoming. Is I think it prides itself on that being these spectacular matches. These guys giving it their all. Like you didn't, you didn't see a Sami Zayn half a main event. You didn't see a, a Neville half a main event. You didn't see a Kevin. O, you know what I mean? Like those guys were hungry. And that was the thing that they always were really great about doing in NXT is getting these hungry guys, getting these guys that wanted to prove something. Now you got a guy like Nakamura who's not proving anything by being in NXT. He's going, "Oh great, I don't have to do all that much. Perfect." I listen. And to me, I have a I have a real issue with that because that's the I mean that that's gonna be Bobby Roode too. Bobby Roode goes, "Oh great theme music, sweet. I'm good to go." Like that guy's Bobby Roode's not gonna bust his ass. Nakamura's not gonna bust his ass. And and I'm not blaming these guys. They shouldn't bust their ass at their ages. But that's the difference between young and hungry. And old and, you know, comfortable. they've NXT has gotten really good at getting old and comfortable these days. And not the young and hungry anymore. And that's, that's an issue.
1: Excellent point. And I mean, I think that uh, in Nakamura's case, I'm going to stand by what I said a few weeks ago, even though a lot of people disagreed with me. I just I don't, I don't think he's motivated. I think it's just too easy for him. And I think that plays into it. And I really don't think that he came here. To fuck around in NXT. I think he expected to be on the main roster by now. I think he expected to give it a go. Being one of the truly top stars in the world. And the top, co- top company in the world. And I do not think he's motivated by working in NXT. And I think it's showing in his work. I think that's why he's doing the, the least amount possible. To ensure that he continues to stay over. And um, I think that we would see a shakeup in the quality of his output if he were promoted, not every week on raw and this and that, but when he had big pay-per-view matches or if he had a raw main event or something, I think you'd see more effort out of him. I, I think he feels probably that he's above this and, and I don't, I don't, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. He isn't think, wrong. But... He's absolutely not wrong. And I think that he, uh, th- 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 there's, there's no motivation there. He was uh just handed this mantle as the top star as soon as he got there. And he, and, and he feels like he's secondary. I mean, Rich, this is why he left New Japan. Because he got passed by. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's he saw the writing on the wall. Well, they have this Okada kit. And I'm not even the top guy in my unit anymore. So maybe I need to give this WWE thing a go. And here he is in WWE and he's on the secondary brand. It's like, it's like rewriting history. I mean, I, I just get the sense that the man isn't motivated.
0: Uh, any other NXT notes or takes that you've had lately from the TV?
1: No, I mean they're going to have the four-way next week um, to establish the uh, new number one contender. Obviously, Bobby Roode is. I haven't seen the taping results. I assume he wins the match.
0: Oh, sorry, I did a spoiler earlier. But yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so he does, he does win the match. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, so yeah, sorry. It's Roderick Strong. I
0: mean, you you knew. I mean, come on, it wasn't really a.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't read spoilers. I don't care. Look, it's it's it gets spoiled. Whatever. I don't whine about it. I try to stay away, but I'm also realistic. Um, but I mean, you didn't really need But you, you kind of knew they were going this direction, and you know, from from the jump. But yeah, I mean, NXT's been okay. I think people bang on it a little too hard. It hasn't been a great TV show or anything like that. It's been a it's been a good little studio show, you know.
0: They're in a weird transition period right now, and I think a lot of it you see it in the women too. Like, there's not really any women that are really standing out. You got you know you know Athena, Amber Moon, or whatever who, who's starting to get there, and she's kind of heating up a little bit. So so that's nice. But by and large, they're they're just in a weird transition period right now. We got Joe potentially on his way out you got a bunch of new guys coming in but they're not really like the super dynamic new guys i mean roger strong's great to have and you know a uh, uh, Busek. you sick what the hell's his new name orney lornick or you know what i mean like these guys are good but it's like there's just something missing about the dynamic that nxt was before and i think they're gonna have to really hone in on what that was and and if they want to be that or if they don't want to be that anymore because i think maybe we just as i said at the top of the segment maybe we just need to adjust what we think nxt is it's not you know, what it was three years ago. It's now a touring brand that that's kind of its own little third brand on the WWE Network thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily – it's not developmental anymore, and it's not necessarily maybe dyna- – I don't know. I don't know the right words to do but I, or, or say, but it's just – it's in a very weird transition period right now. I don't think it's bad, but it's it's different than it used to be.
1: Speaking of the women, Daria Baronado is the star, not Athena. Uh, I agree. I yeah, she's awesome. I will go on record with that. Um, the uh, the
0: uh, Peyton Royce and uh, Billy Kay are are pretty terrible. I, I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people like them. I I think they're pretty. I
1: wouldn't go so. as far as terrible, but they're certainly not clicking. Like you they're going like to get passed
0: too. up very quickly, and when they're never heard from, they'll it'll be you know what I mean. Like they're going to get passed up, and and a new crop's going to come in, and they're going to be you know blips on the on the, the radar of of or the blips on the you know on the map of, of, of NXT. I just don't think they're going to be a big deal at any point. I, I
1: think this Daria Baronado has the it factor. Um,
0: What's well, different? She looks different. She wrestles different. She
1: she she
0: she looks like a badass too. You don't get that. You don't get the badass woman. She looks like a badass, and
1: she owns the gimmick, and she she's she's believable because it's
0: not a gimmick. That's the best. You know, and
1: she's ding dong. And, like, and she's be- <laughs> that's her. She's like. believable, and yeah. she's the one that needs to beat Asuka because it's it's someone else. It it's a great story. It's someone else who will hit Asuka in the mouth. And not be afraid of her. And not be intimidated by her. I think it'll be a mistake if Ember Moon is the one to take down Asuka and not Daria. Ember Moon should be Asuka's next feud to kill some time while they get Daria ready in the ring. Because she's green as hell. Get that girl ready. My idea was sign Mickey James and have her wrestle Daria every single night on the Florida Loop to get that that girl ready because she has a presence and a credibility and a believability about her where she, we talk about it with guys like we've been talking about it with Futa Nakamura, right? Ben K. We talked about it with Higuchi and DDT, right? To me, she has that kind of jump off the screen presence that nobody else, that none of the other women in NXT have right now. None of them. She has it. I think she could be a big star if the ring work catches up with the cuz she man does she own that gimmick i cannot take my eyes off of her when she's on the screen and it's it's and it's it's a contemporary gimmick you know what i mean she's a fighter it's an mma thing the way she braids the hair like an mma the whole thing just works and it's no bullshit it's no fluff it's no extra nonsense she's no nonsense she is the perfect person to take down Asuka, and I think she has a mountain of upside that Ember Moon does not have. And my fear is that they're going to pick the wrong one. Ember Moon's more experienced, and all those years on the Indies, I get it. And I, I, I have nothing against her. I don't think she's a star, though. I think Daria is a potential star. I mean star. I'm talking Charlotte level. I think that that girl has it. It's very early in the development. This sounds a lot like the Ben Kay conversation, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It really does because they're so early in their development that you never know what's going to happen and really projecting outward because they may never develop as workers or they may just lose it at some point or you never know. But man, that is the person in NXT really more than any of the men too. She's the one that jumps off the screen for me with the current crop of people that they have on TV.
0: And I love that the ring gear, too, just works perfectly, like you're saying. She's got the braided hair, but then she's got the gloves. And just, like, the whole look, it, it, it's just, like, because it's so different. You don't get that. You, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the other women that they've been putting up on NXT, they're, they're fine workers, but they don't stand out in any other way. They don't, like, look different. They just kind of look like another crop of, uh, and she comes out, and it's just so much different. And it's just a they've never done that with a woman. You know what I mean? Like, they have just never done that in WWE. Is This is a woman she's going to even more than Asuka. Like, even Asuka, who, who is, you know, that sort of sort of badass and 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 a but not a shooter, not like a, I, you know, I'm just going to, like, Daria, they're really putting pro- up that she's just going to kick everyone's ass, and she should kick everyone's ass, because she's just better trained at it. She's just a bigger badass than the rest of you guys.
1: I am pumped up about a potential yeah. match between Asuka and, and Daria. I,
0: and, and we might not get don't it. Don't work yourself into a shoot. Don't work that's yourself the into thing. a shoot. We may not yeah. get
1: it, because Asuka yeah. might, you know, I, you know it, she might lose hammer Amber Moon first. But that that's a match where I'm like, wow, I want that to happen. And, and, and it would be stiff and brutal, and and, and and Asuka would take it. You know, Asuka would take it to her, and get that because look, Darius' work is not nearly at the level of her presence at all. I mean,
0: oh, not no no no.
1: And she really needs to start working to the gimmick, and that's what you see with a lot of young wrestlers in NXT. Uh, you know, when they bother putting young wrestlers on TV, one thing that you'll notice is is they work so light. Nia Jax had that problem.
0: Yeah, Nia Jax is the perfect example. Um, I mean, she, she was like a feather, trying not, trying not to sit on anybody, trying not to hurt anybody, not to hit anybody, not to kick anybody, not to punch them. Like, Car- she was so light. Yeah, yeah.
1: Carmella had that problem. Um, some of the men have that problem. Uh, but they, they have this problem where when they debut and you're like, oh, wow, they're just, there's no credibility here. They That's Dario's problem right now. She works so light because the emphasis in that performance center is safety. You know what I mean? And they're young wrestlers and they're scared to lay in with these veterans. That comes with time. We've seen Nia Jax become more aggressive. We've seen uh, even Carmella become more aggressive. And, 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 and I think we need to give Daria some time for the in-ring to catch up. If it does, watch out. Really, seriously, watch out. That, that can be someone who not only at the NXT level could make, could make a grip, but even projecting to the main roster, I mean, that's someone who just brings something totally different to the table.
0: I think she, yeah, you're right on the Asuka thing because Asuka would tell her just to kick the hell out of her. You know what I mean? Like Asuka would just say, you know, kick me, or, or kick me, like do it in a shoot. Yeah, I don't care, kick me the hell. You know, not even, and I'm gonna kick you back. I'm gonna that. kick you back I think, too. I think Oscar
1: yeah. would kick her ass and, and force her to fight back.
0: That's what I mean, yeah. like saying, uh, well, here, here's an actual kick from me. Now, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, Oscar. That, that's yeah, we're we're working ourselves into a shoot there, but uh, anyway, that's that's our little NXT you note. Know, we haven't talked about NXT for a while, so I did want to uh, touch on that a little bit. Joe, are you ready for Roadblock? End of the line.
1: I am so ready for roadblock into the line. I,
0: Are we at the end of the line though? Have we, I, we might've, I, oh, we missed a big story that I forgot well, to scroll let's, down. Let's and talk. do uh,
1: roadblock into the line first. And then you okay. want to do that and then transition into the WWE UK thing.
0: Yeah. I can't believe I, I knew there was something huge. I was like, man, we're, we're almost wrapped up here and it's an hour left. That makes a lot of sense. Now what we forgot. So anyway, let's talk roadblock into the line, Joe. Roadblock into the line is coming up this Sunday on the WWE network. Uh, we talked about you're going to be watching Roadblock End of the Line. I will be watching Roadblock End of the Line as well. And we're pumped for Roadblock End of the Line, right?
1: I'm ready for Roadblock End of the Line. I'm going to be reviewing Roadblock End of the Line. I'm going to be watching Roadblock End of the Line live. I'm all set for Roadblock End of the Line.
0: <laughs> this is the end of the line. It's Roadblock. It's end of the line. Uh, pre-show, Big Cass versus Rusev. Well, I kind of like this feud. Well, I don't know about you. What a feud, huh? It's pretty solid. I like it. I, I What I like most about it is they finally realize that Enzo probably shouldn't be a wrestler anymore. Because he's going to kill himself. First because he's just not very good at it so having to be the mouthpiece for big cast and seeing how the big cast thing works you know i don't know how the big cast thing is gonna work as, as a single but i you know I, I i'm a little bit more pumped to see that than them as a team anymore because i, I really just don't think enzo can go in the ring and, and i think he and the company knows it um and and this is a good first step in him becoming kind of the mouthpiece for big cast instead of a wrestler
1: enzo brings a lot to the table none of it is between the bells no nope. um Big Cass is a guy that even when he was green as grass in NXT, I saw a little something there. Um, you know I, you know what? He reminds me of a young Lance Hoyt in so many ways, body type, um, the same stage of development, you know, when Lance Hoyt was coming, you know, coming through TNA 10, 11, 12 years ago. Um, I don't know if he'll develop into that uh, caliber of worker. Lance Hoyt was kind of a late bloomer, right? It's like, he kind of came out of nowhere after that after he got cut from WWE in 2011 where he had some you know under the radar he was sort of starting to come in into his own as a worker but then he really exploded when he went to Japan you know these bigger guys sometimes they're late bloomers but